Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. This afternoon, right here in the Kiva. Happy September, everybody. Let it be a September to remember. Looks like it will be. Uh, 6 p.m. tonight. I'm, we're going to run an audible to uh, deciding whether or not we want to go ahead and air the Joe Biden extravaganza. His attack on you. What do you want to do? Let me know if you want to hear it. Uh, we'll be happy to go ahead and uh, play it. Uh, if not, we've got a whole third hour lined up for you. Those people who are subscribers directly at rockoftalk.chat. Uh, they got a complete preview, complete with all the links ahead of time, not to mention uh, my uh, beautiful face uh, uh, <laughs> on the video and letting you know what's going on. You can always catch us directly at Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV for free podcasting, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as Audible. Uh, that's the best way to go. I love my little, uh, I don't care what anybody says, I love my Amazon Kindle. Uh, that's my That's my baby. That's my go-to. I've got five papers on, and my eyes don't hurt anymore. And, of course, folks, you have uh, rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. Uh, and Dad Muska joins us for an hour number one. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm delighted, Eddie. Just about 30 seconds before we went on, I uh, read on Glenn Beck's uh, Blaze uh, media outlet, a, the division of the U.S. Pacific Air Forces that, face down, that faces down China in the Pacific Theater has ordered the end of gender pronouns in written formats. Uh, <laughs> they are insisting that the gender-neutral language will improve the force's lethality. I'm, I'm glad our military, you know, facing nuclear war with Russia, fake, facing nuclear war with China, I'm glad we're focused on gender pronouns in the military. Does that mean that uh, our enemies will be more afraid of us? I don't know, China, uh, uh, will Taiwan feel more confident in us? Uh, well, they have probably the world's most special force. Uh, that's a question for another day. We'll look into that. I'm pretty sure that that will probably not help our lethality. Uh, but if it means more women on the front lines, hey, more power to us, I suppose. 550-5500, journal poll coming out. We didn't get to it yesterday because we sort of got, got caught up with uh, Jacobo Candelaria and, uh, you know, his background and the consistent drama and all that kind of stuff. Don't forget, you could uh, listen to a complete replay of that uh, from yesterday's show. But uh, another Albuquerque Journal poll, and all this stuff is happening at a very important time right before uh, we go to break. It's going to be a long break. Uh, it feels like a lot of people are going to take off some of next week at least, at least until Tuesday. Um, it looks like more than a third of New Mexicans are now worse off financially than before the pandemic. Now, how, like, how can that be? We know what third is not worse off, and that's the 36% of those people who are employed by the federal state and uh, city, right? They got to hang out in their chonis at home and uh, decided to go ahead and collect the checks. And, oh, we work hard. Don't you know how hard we work? 38% of the people say they're worse off. 38% overall. 48% say they're about the same. Um, folks, we're still 50th uh, when it comes to the economy, 50th in education, 50th in every single category. I don't know if it really helps us to put these polls out when uh, it's so much cheating and free money other people's money that is literally given away to people who are on the government dole in one form or another. 
Uh, Dowd, I'm sure you've seen in our past at some point, just uh, as a proportion of the total total working population. Remember, folks, we only have a labor participation rate. Some say 54 percent. It's actually about 51 percent. We're third lowest in the entire country. Thanks for what Mississippi and West Virginia, which is sub 50 uh, in all of that. But Dowd, I know that that you have seen it. Uh, We are literally looking at... uh, I don't know, a good uh, 18% of our population that's employed uh, by government. Uh, this is generally not going to impact uh, uh, the votes so very much, but it should. And any other rational acting where people have to provide for themselves, go to work, come home, actually try to make ends meet. You don't have to if you're uh, somebody from Albuquerque, New Mexico, Deb. Yeah, and Eddie, I think the, uh, the study that was done by George Mason back uh, maybe five to 10 years ago We were the number one state, once you account for federal contractors, local, state, federal, and federal contractors, uh, I think we were something like 34% are either directly or indirectly employed by government. Of course, uh, we have the GOCO model here in New Mexico in the national labs, government-owned, contractor-operated. So Mm -hmm. it's important to include those federal contractors because the feds have contracted out a lot of work uh, over the years. But uh, on this poll, Eddie, uh, I'm always interested in culture and demographics. Yep. Curious poll. 42% of men responded that they were worse off. Only 34% of women responded that they were worse off. And breaking it down by age, and again, young people, generation after generation, they tend to vote left. These are the people who should be voting left the least. 47% of 18 to 34-year-olds say they are worse off. Uh, and it's a much different number, much lower number for people 49 and up, uh, are we going to see a great groundswell of anti-MLG sentiment among no. young adults in America? I no. mean, in, in New Mexico, boy, I hope so. But experience tells me, don't hold your breath. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I think because they have a tendency to dramatize themselves as victims. They wake up, they're a victim. Just because they had to go take a shower, they're a victim. Because they had to, I don't know, turn on their computers and clock in uh, while while they're hanging out at home. Yeah, they they're a victim all the time. In fact, there's a nice little study that was uh, that I'll have in well, we're deciding whether or not we're going to do tomorrow's show, folks. But on the um, workforce, that is, and very interesting, the Albuquerque Business First uh, put out something, uh, proximity bias. Oh, they're punishing us for staying at home. You should be punished for staying at home. <laughs> so they are always the victims. Um, but back to the uh, survey, um, Noticeably, uh, the largest gap has to be with 47% of Republicans, uh, by and large, many Republicans uh, work in the private sector. Uh, I don't know what proportion, but I would say it's considerably larger than what the Democrats are. Only 30% of Democrats say that they are worse off. So is there an opportunity for Ron Kennedy to peel off some of that? uh, I don't know, people who are sort of disenchanted with the Democrat Party, uh, maybe forced to register Democrat or what have you. Maybe they just don't like to be Democrat. Uh, I think he has a three in 10 chance of peeling off some of those votes because I believe that it's all about the economy. It's all about commerce. It's all about, you know, are we better off than we were four years ago? And clearly we aren't. Uh, If you look at the flood of money that's coming in from the federal government and you listen to the Joe Monahans of the world, they would tell you, hey, we are now much better off. But the journal poll also found something else. And Matthew Navrais uh, uh, took a look at a little deeper look at this. What's the biggest concern facing your family right now? I thought it was interesting, given how everything is going. Inflation, 35%. 
I didn't even know that New Mexicans knew what an economy was, much less inflation at this point. Like, can you actually define it? I would say 100% of the people who can accurately define inflation, we know that every Democrat out there doesn't know how to define recession. So when it comes to inflation, how is one in three saying that inflation is the biggest cause for concern? Secondly, economic uncertainty, 24%. The last person you want leading us out of a recession, uh, leading us out of a depression, especially in a state like New Mexico, you can only beg the uh, the feds uh, so much for money. You literally have 54%, or is that 59%, excuse me, inflation or economic uncertainty. People don't feel too confident. So per- perhaps a slightly larger uh, opportunity for uh, Mark Ronchetti to go ahead and uh, peel off some more votes maybe uh, from the left. How is he going to do it? Well, he's got an economic plan. You can find it directly on his website. And uh, without going too deeply into it, uh, people are getting hurt in the pocketbooks quite a bit. Uh, July happened to be the highest uh, year-over-year month uh, growth in uh, grocery inflation. And that's really where it's impacting people. So you're not able to stretch that dollars uh, as, as far. Everyone's aware of what's happening economically. Uh, people are having a more difficult time to make ends meet. But there isn't going to be a huge number of layoffs in the state and the federal government at this point. As you know, there was uh, 87,000 people who were just told that they're likely going to be hired for the Internal Revenue Service. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. We touched upon it yesterday. And uh, there is an opportunity for Albuquerque to capitalize upon some of this bad news by changing ourselves and doing better for ourselves and going in a more positive uh, position. The Albuquerque Journal did a good job of outlining five particular seats. District 68, 28, 2017, and 44, where the Democrats and Republicans are in. Back after a quick break here in the game. mode here locally uh, they decided to jump upon the one thing that people think that Michelle Lujan Grisham can solve which is crime uh, surprising I guess uh, they just don't seem to have lived through the last four years Raul Buhunda Buhunda I'm exact, not exactly sure how to exactly pronounce his name Buhanda, I think that is B-U-J-A-N-D-A gave details about the raids that were going on this morning they targeted violent gangs and drugs etc etc uh, they said it was urgent breaking news. It included the FBI's violent crime task force. Participating agencies include APD, of course, the BCSO, and then the DEA. Uh, also, the New Mexico State Police, Valencia County, Rio Rancho Police Department, as well as the ATF, all involved in this uh, early this morning. No results from this. I imagine uh, this is exactly what Michelle Lujan Grisham is going to use. And this is how you can see the careful coordination from our governor. Uh, working with federal agencies, pays to have uh, that, and making it look like they're doing something and have results. Get busy. God is coming. You know, get prepared. The election is coming. That's essentially what is happening. And maybe all of this is in response to a poll uh, that uh, took place. Uh, I believe this was yesterday. Dan McKay published this, and it talks about crime 
and homelessness being very serious issues. You know, we don't need the Albuquerque Journal to tell you, tell us this. We don't need a poll to show us what's happening. It's right there in front of your eyes. You guys have been seeing this over and over. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything without feeling unsafe. Your governor during this entire time, regardless of whether or not you've been locked inside uh, or not, you have felt very unsafe during her tenure as governor of the state of New Mexico. But surprisingly, these numbers came out and I, I didn't make much sense, but upon this poll coming out, uh, Michelle Lujan Grisha must have given the finger coming out of COVID. She couldn't stand to be locked down anymore after what, five days of uh, uh, whatever she was under, what do you call it, quarantine? I don't even know what it is because I've never done it, nor, nor do I need to. Um, here's the number that I thought was kind of telling. Supporters of Democrat Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham were more likely than supporters of Republican Mark Ronchetti or Karen Bedoni to describe it as a very serious problem. Wow. So are the supporters of Michelle Lujan Grisham just totally displaced from the fact that Michelle Lujan Grisham is actually a cause and not uh, she's not part of the you know victim of what's going on out there? This doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, it, it tells me that I think people are getting bad information all around. No doubt. I think Dowd and I have been setting the table for some time. We've told you that COVID is not important, despite that the governor has continued to pound away for the last, uh, what, two and a half years at the COVID-19 problem. Only 25% of people who were surveyed of the same 518 people that we've been talking about, we've been amplifying out there, and they're actually telling us something very different than Channel 4, 7, 13, and the Albuquerque Journal. The journal is simply republishing what research and polling is putting out. 25%. How serious are these issues facing New Mexico? Only one in four people think that COVID-19. And you're letting that 25%, or as I like to say it, you're letting the 2% decide for everybody else what seems to be important for the state of New Mexico. And most of the time, it's those politicos, right? Uh, strength of the state's economy, 52%. Quality of education, 61%. Surprising. We've been, I think education, if you were to take the last five cycle surveys, you know, 22, 18, I don't know, 14, 10, 6, and 2, and you go all the way back, I bet you doubt there wasn't one time that education wasn't at the top or near the top of the list every single time. It's In the state, yes, yes. Yeah. And we know that it's it's been like that for two decades, yet they will do nothing about it. And the same people have been in charge during the entire time. Don't you think you need to switch up your approach to things? You know, the Democrats are very good at blaming other people. And New Mexicans are very good at believing the Democrats when it comes to, well, who should we shift the blame to? How can you blame a party that's never been in power or only been in power for 84, 90 years in the, in the House, which is the most reflective way to look at it because it gets cycled out every two years. It makes no sense. How do they do that? I mean, the Democrats are real magicians. Now, I know the cynics out there are going to try and say something along the lines of, well, the, the, when the bad news happens and things happen, it impacts everybody. Tim Keller came out and talked on behalf of the uh, pizzeria owner of Giovanni's Pizzeria, named for his father. Good article in the Albuquerque Journal. Elise Kaplan, despite her her necessary uh, uh, or her need to justify her pronouns in her email uh, addresses, did a, I thought a pretty fine job. And you know what a beautiful man. We'll be missing Rosario Zito, uh, who will no longer be uh, cooking up uh, his pizzas there. And you know something could have been done on it. And what could have been done? <laughs> We can go all the way back to 2016, your turnstile justice system, the Charlie Daniels rule, the bail reform, 
Um, this is now we're starting to profile this guy. And how is Sylvain Alcuchapas, 27, how is he a product of Michelle Lujan Grisham, the Democrats? I mean, you go right on to the very top. The district attorney's office uh, certainly dropped the ball on this. This is a guy who was turned right back out. And it's all written up by the very same people who are going to support the same policies, who are going to support the same procedures, and would likely 10 times out of 10 see Sylvain Alcuchapas as a victim before they saw him as a criminal. And they write it all right there. <clears throat> a couple of minutes later, they detained the man after the killing of Zito, identified as Alcuchapas. According to a criminal complaint filed in Metropolitan Court, the only place I could find out was uh, ABQ Raw. Alcuchapas handed something to a woman before he was detained. The woman had not been found. Alcuchapas had a live round in his pocket as well as some cash and wearing the same clothes as the suspect who was seen on security camera footage. Zito's employees told detectives they were closing up the shop a little after nine, talking in front of the door. The man said, you're getting robbed of your pockets on the ground. He was masked. Zito decided to go ahead and say, yeah, let's play, grab the gun. Uh, they both shot at each other, and then Alcuchapas got the better of the two. And the man actually stood over uh, Zito for 20 seconds. And then you go into this long history of who this guy is and the justice system. And literally... It says at the very top, doesn't say who's responsible. It says local leaders have pointed to the failures in the criminal justice system that meant Alcochapas was out on the street. Well, what are those local leaders? What local leaders are we talking about? Are we not talking about the guy that you're about to elect for attorney general? Are we not talking about your current attorney general? Are we not talking about every liberal Democrat that's apologizing and saying, well, we need to get, are we not talking about Michelle Lujan Grisham? Uh, maybe Alcochapas was one of the, the people who was in jail, but they freed him because he was not a threat uh, to the, the to the city of Albuquerque, and we needed to, to stop the spread of COVID. Remember that whole excuse? I forget how many prisoners that we let out or people who are in jail. Many in our community and state knew Rosario. Here's Tim Keller running interference for himself in the city, right? And and Tim, you've got blood on your hands, bro. Yep. I mean, right across the street, you know Holy Ghost. You, you, you know uh, right across the street from Holy Ghost is Giovanni's Pizzeria. Well, not. It's Caddy Corner. And we've been going there forever. My... My niece and my nephew both went to Holy Ghost. I coached Holy Ghost basketball for five years uh, over there for Ms. Copeland, Dr. Copeland. And uh, she has a huge hand in revamping uh, St. Pius, but that's a, a, a discussion for another day. And, and here we go. Many, this is Tim Keller. Many in our community know Rosario, and we are keeping our family in our prayers. This is yet another infuriating example of a broken criminal justice system. You broke it. Tim, you broke it while Raul Torres, you broke it with all the rest of the people who wanted your bail reform to go ahead and go through. You're the one who broke it. How can you, how do you stand here with a straight face and not feel like you're responsible for what happened to Rosario Zito? The justice system that failed to keep a repeat offender off our streets. No, you did. You guys were on board with this. We can go uh, back. Hey, this is we a wonderful opportunity for the mayor to say, Part of this broken criminal justice system in my city that I preside over as the chief executive officer has been the disastrous uh, stewardship of Raul Torres, who's currently running for our attorney general. I will not endorse Raul Torres. Maybe I won't go as far as to endorse the Republican, but I sure as hell will not be part of, of, of a, a going to rallies and publicly backing Raul Torres. I'll give you folks one guess as to whether uh, Tim Keller will do that or not. Yeah, and that's not going to happen because Raul's one of his best friend was one of his buddies. They all work together. They're constantly on the phone. I mean, I know this, the, these things that go on. He says, the majority are property and drug crimes. Criminal complaints for more recent cases include mentions of heroin, prescription pills. You go and you look at this guy's Facebook. I mean, he lives in a dark cave. He, is, he has 
no education whatsoever. I don't know how he was surviving, but he knew enough to go ahead and get a Facebook page. Uncle Chapas pleaded guilty last October to drug possession uh, while we were all running for mayor, by, oh, by the way, and concealing his identity was sentenced to one year in the Metro D.C. According to court records, he received a 216-day credit for his time had, that was already served. All this reporting by the Elise Kaplan. January, he pleaded guilty to robbing a Speedway gas station in Los Lunas. Received a three-year suspended sentence. So you do the crime, you don't do any time in the state of New Mexico. And this all has to do with the Democrat Party of the state of New Mexico and their view of criminals. Yet this morning, part of the cover-up is exactly what Michelle Lujan Grisham, no doubt, helped launch. That type of FBI raid does not get launched without her fingering saying, hey, you know what? This, this needs to happen. And on the front page, more interference being run by Olivier Uderbrook of the general staff. Right there, front page, looking tough, talking tough. Hector Balderas been next to nowhere. Who's to his right? Well, that's, of course, Tim Keller saying New Mexico to join retail crime info sharing network. Oh, these guys are so tough on crime. You know it's an election year because Democrats finally decide to go ahead and get tough on crime 68 days from the election and in September. And the whole entire dialogue changes in the media. Folks, when are you going to hold these people responsible? And when is the Republican Party going to come out, jump out in front of this? And they did a good job. Notice doubt yesterday after our conversation and things that we threw out, they immediately started talking about it. I noticed the BC GOP is literally relaying my information that I'm relaying to all the Republicans. I mean, I'm your leader. This is ridiculous. You should have tens of hundreds of leaders who are all saying the same thing on our side. It can't just be one guy who's leading the charge, but Republicans are not stepping up to the plate. And and the Democrats are going to do this whole entire, uh, you know, run this marionette uh, thing in front of you like they're doing something. And come November 8th, guess what? It's all going to go back. Yeah, we can rest assured we've got control for another two years, for another four years. It's OK. They'll believe anything we tell them. See, I told you we got through it again. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, We'll talk about abortion. coming in. I'll read them in the last segment. Also, uh, we'll take a call, maybe two, if you make it quick uh, in our last segment here, your reaction to the polls, where you're at, and some quick thoughts. Please, please be prepared when you uh, dial in at 550-5500. Uh, abortion, we reviewed the information, and uh, the, the Albuquerque Journal, despite it doing its very best to tell the story of the polls its own interpretation and at its own peril uh, lies right to your face. And it says, voters support support abortion. I don't know if, if they were hearing or reading the very same uh, paper that they print and that they're responsible for, but this is what you call a complete and total misdirection, okay? Because we found that nearly two, excuse me, six and 10, excuse me, uh, felt that there should be some sort of limitation, right? or only in particular cases, or it, it should be totally illegal. That was like nearly 6 in 10 in the Albuquerque metro area. I love the way that research and polling broke it out, but here, here it is. They've got to put the information out to follow up, and that has to do with, well, Michelle Lujan Grisham has a very, you know, Bill Clinton used to pick up the paper, read the polls, and then he'd come up with his opinions. That's the way Bill Clinton ran his, his stuff. He's 
an intelligent man, but not so intelligent as to come up with his own uh, thoughts on the matter. And then you have Michelle Lujan Grisham, more or less the same thing. She came out busting up against crime, but here she is so committed to this agenda of expanding abortion. She, she wants us to be number one in something. And I believe this is the thing that she has committed to. And I think this works in our favor. I talked about that picture that she had last June, all sorts of diversity. Obviously the uh, staging of that was set just perfectly. So the, you know, the Albuquerque journal could display her in perfect all pink between a Muslim woman and a black woman with all sorts of things stand with black women. And, you know, the low information voter is going to see that and they're going to be like, oh, she's for me. I can be on that side. And the fact of the matter is that she isn't for you. She isn't for the people of the state of Mexico and our current conservative heritage, I think, that we have. Now, yesterday, she signed an executive order that pledges $10 million to build a state-funded clinic providing abortion and other services in Dona Ana County. Well, that's, of course, a service that shutdown clinic in uh, Mississippi. It directs the State Department of Health <laughs> Uh, that's a loosely termed uh, decision, uh, health, to marshal state resources to expand access to reproductive health. Why? Well, I think she is trying to increase our level of tourism here in the state of New Mexico. Uh, I'll get to more of that uh, here in a moment. She says, quote, unquote, and just listen to how militant she is on this. It's a state that will stand against any attempts to remove or eviscerate women's constitutional rights. Sounds 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 brutal. We're we must really hate women here in the state of New Mexico. How is it that women keep getting elected for every single thing? We have a majority of women in the health. Uh, we have every single, uh, I think all three candidates in each of our congressional districts uh, for the Republican Party, I believe they're all women. It is weird. So I, I don't know. Does anyone have male heterosexual sex out there? Well, that's a story for another day. Um, yeah, you know who I'm picking on right there. I think only Martin Heinrich and maybe some days that I think that's even uh, questionable as part of our congressional delegation. She states, the state that will stand against any attempts to remove or eviscerate women's constitutional rights, uh, while at the very same time she's removing our constitutional rights here in the state of New Mexico. Uh, the constitutional rights, uh, let's just talk about search and seizure, the Fourth Amendment. Uh, we can certainly uh, talk about how you were trapped in your house. Your constitutional amendments uh, or constitutional rights uh, were removed for you. In fact, your God-given rights. Uh, let's not forget uh, the war on free speech and the war on protecting yourself with the red flag gun law. So there's so much here really to unpack, but $10 million, not a whole lot of money in the grand scheme of things, given this windfall of money, but not $1 should be spent to expand what she is calling quote unquote health services. And, you know, certainly the, uh, the here, here's some more about face uh, stuff going on. And this is what the Democrats are really good at. And it's messaging. It's getting people to believe, that they're doing things on their behalf. And it's all about labeling, nomenclature, getting you to think that, oh, well, they must be doing something that's going to be helpful for us. Why? Well, uh, it's the New Mexico Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. <laughs> within the term itself, within that title itself, is a total contradiction of terms. I don't know any religious coalition that's out there that's promoting death other than Satan Satanism, right? I think at this point, we don't know of anything else that uh, wants child sacrifice besides that. Now, I'm getting a little bit, uh, you know, uh, really uh, out there with that. But I'm, I think the point is well taken and maybe not too far out there for the people that uh, agree with me. I just can't believe that something like this is out there. An abortion fund provider is expanding its services to Las Cruces. I think uh, these two might be uh, sort of working together, Dad. You know more about this than I do. 
Well, it's going to be very interesting to see, Eddie. I don't know if they're doing this on their own or if they're expecting that $10 million from the governor. Uh, let, let's unpack this a little because I don't think we should let this reality, uh, this disgusting new reality apparently in New Mexico, uh, fade into the background. We've heard that abortion is health care. Uh, apparently, according to our governor now, uh, abortion is infrastructure, too, because her executive order is allocating $10 million of capital outlay funds. Now, I've followed capital outlay for years and years and years. It's hideously corrupt. No one who looks at it uh, nationally has said that there's a state that does it worse than New Mexico. It's pure politics. It's, it's slush funds for politics. So the governor is submitting this. It will be included in her capital outlay list. So the legislature could potentially, if a miracle happens in November, could actually stop this. This is not... Uh, necessarily a done deal yet. I guess that's the only ray of hope I could offer our, our listeners. Wow. But yeah. she's also uh, in the executive order directing the directing the Department of Health, or I guess if now the Department of Health is involved in abortion, the Department of Health and uh, for some people and death for other people uh, to develop a detailed plan to leverage resources to expand abortion access in rural and underserved parts of the state and as well, the uh, Human Services Department will implement policies that improve the efficiency and sustainability of reproductive health care access. We need more efficient abortion uh, in America. And it's, it's you're, you're, you're right on many levels that it's appalling to me that any any entity calling itself religious would be behind right. this. They are planning their new facility in Las Cruces, and I need to follow up and see if, if they're thinking maybe they'd get that money. There might be a problem with the anti-donation clause if she's trying to give them uh, oh, money good. for this. Yeah, right, um, right. Yeah. Like uh, one hand feeding the other, and by that, uh, of course, we talked about the Hatch Act yesterday, federal people participating that way, yep, and then yep, yep. people who might be helping walking, knocking doors for her, also involved in this religious coalition. This is the type of stuff that needs to be uncovered because the corruption really does uh, run pretty deep. That's interesting to note out about the infrastructure piece, and maybe the legislators, despite the fact that it's stated as an executive order and that she's not going to do anything about it or she's going to do everything about it uh it's to prevent the what she calls evisceration i think that's such an important point for democrats as they look and they say well look she's fighting fighting on behalf uh, on our behalf fighting for new mexicans it's that same type of fight she's fighting for for evil we're fighting for good in my opinion and uh, i think <laughs> well, let's just look, look look at things pretty black and white uh, we need that type of fighter on our end. And I think this is something that uh, Ron Ketty can pick up the gavel on and uh, run straight to her because he's been actually, I hate saying it this way, uh, like I said yesterday, which is being very reasonable on abortion. Now, uh, the Washington Examiner looked at this a little bit more deeply and, and broke out the uh, Roe versus Wade and the Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And they looked at this and said, well, this might be a battleground state uh, due to abortion. All these things that are, uh, I don't know, sort of preventing us from prospering, but something like abortion becomes front and center of the debate. Dow, do you think, looking from the outside in, that this is the center of our debate or one of the top three issues going into this election? You know, Eddie, I think, you know, as I've said, political consultants, you know, they're, they're good at what they do, the, the people who you know, charge the big bucks, but they are terrified of what they perceive as wedge issues. They think it's going to, you know, alienate their the perception of their candidate. I've yep. said it before. I'll say it again. We have the polling data. We have the you know. coalition for religious choice, this utter nonsense, uh, making an argument in the New Mexico political report, which is not journalism. It's an activist site like Source New Mexico. Many patients of color 
the, uh, suffer because the cost of abortion and the logistics of childcare and travel oh. and time off from work can be overwhelming oh. without abortion oh. yeah, fund right. support. And Moran Ketty could say, you know, oh yeah, the religious, the religious right governor, you are the extremist. And I will commend the Washington Examiner, a national paper, kind of a neocon publication for running this story about New Mexico. And this is the quote. In New Mexico, abortion is currently legal at all stages of pregnancy. Your governor supports that position. McCleskey, guy, I'm telling you, if you cut an ad and portray MLG in reality as the extremist she is, I think it will help not hurt your candidate. I think uh, no doubt that he has to and he will, especially on this issue. So I think this does become a top three to answer more directly that question. I'm glad that you broke it out and, and defined it as the wedge issue or a wedge issue uh, where Ron Ketty can capitalize. But can the New Mexico voter be reasonable enough to say, hey, you know what? Michelle Lujan Grisham's out of her mind. Why is she so committed to this at a time when so many things are suffering in the state of New Mexico? And we're starting to see, you know, more Texas license plate. We consistently see them every Tuesday down there on Lomas and I-40. Uh, this would be an opportune time for you activists who are out there to start going ad hominem, continue your exposure of these doctors, continue your exposure of these clinics, continue your exposure of all these people who are responsible, and then take it a step further. Do a deeper dive into each one of these people, understand where they come from, what they're doing, tell their story, get it out there, let it go viral wherever you possibly can. I know many of you guys are probably banned from Facebook and all the rest of things, but jump in with new accounts and TikTok. Folks, there's 68, 69 days away from the election and all this. And uh, all of you guys need to be firing the best way you can do it because the campaigns can't be out there is tell those stories of those people who are committed to getting Michelle Lujan reelected at the very same time by benefiting by the numbers of money that she is handing out and all of the, uh, I don't know, the grift, if you will. Uh, as part of her agenda. And abortion is certainly part of that. 444, back in three here in the Kiva. When we return, we'll talk about the energy crisis. Here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Well, where are you going? Because you're likely not going to be staying here. People picking up, taking off tomorrow. Yes, it's over this weekend. That's going to be pretty cool. Uh, lots of other things. I believe Tent Rocks is still shut down. Uh, VLA is still shut down. Uh, a lot of places still shut down. Uh, remember, we had national forces for half of the half of the summer uh, were shut down. So you're picking up, jumping in your car, getting into place, going somewhere. Well, uh, gas prices are projected to be the highest since 2012. In fact, record highest gas prices ever for a Labor Day. I don't know if that's really sure. I remember them being very high at one particular year uh, back in, uh, was it 2008, 2009, after Obama came into office. Gas prices in the U.S. Labor Day are projected to reach 379 a gallon. I think uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats are trying to get it at a certain level for this and then so they'd have something to campaign on. I literally think it works that way. I, 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 I dare you to challenge me on that thinking. That's really what this is all about. It's the highest price, according to uh, <clears throat> AAA, since gas was $3.83 a gallon in 2012. I literally think they brought it just a couple of cents down below that so that they can say, hey, you know what? 
it's actually been higher on Labor Day at another time uh, back in 2012. Uh, and we all know what was going on then. The Tea Party was coming into power. They had the Republican Congress, those evildoers, you know, remember evildoers? We say that uh, with uh, George, George Bush, he's always say that. Um, here's the number here in New Mexico, $3.69. It's cheap. Oh my gosh. Can't even believe that some people are actually thinking that way. Uh, you're looking up in Washington and Oregon at 475. California is at 525. So 137 million people out on the roads this holiday. Uh, people taking extended holidays starting, I don't know, today, tomorrow, uh, through Monday, Tuesday of next week. So uh, go out there, be safe. I hope that there's a, a DWI blitz over the weekend. I'd love to just start bringing, so if there's FBI raids, how about DWI blitzes? Uh, you know, create some traffic jams out there for the people who decide to stay in town and get off bro. you know, I have a three seats to the, maybe they might've uh, prevented the next Jacob Candelaria from crossing mountain and- uh, Be careful and, out there. And Rio <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be careful about going to little Anita's over there. Um, the issue though, that we have been sort of forecasting and we're not doomsday people is we've got an energy crisis that what's over there is over here. Oh, look, gas could be so much more expensive. Remember, uh, Gomi's partner told you to shut up about gas prices. Uh, the California woke guy who is, who, uh, who was the uh, dumb cop in breaking bad. I forget whatever his name was. Hank. Um, Hank. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I can't even remember the guy that I throw threw out of my uh, office. Yeah. Royal Dutch Cell CEO Ben Van Birden warned reporters this past Monday that Europe's crisis, which is leading to skyrocketing prices and fuel rationing, could last for years, according to FT. By the way, the pink paper, just in, least, uh, in case you don't know what I'm talking about. Ben Birden said that Europe's gas shortages, which are spurring the continent's energy crisis, may continue for winters ahead. The prediction comes after the fuel prices reach record highs on Fridays. Why is that record high in Europe, but not here? I thought we were sending them the barrels of oil and, you know, they're telling everybody to get electric cars and they're way ahead of us on that. Yeah, this is what happens. Look at what happens in California. They have forest fires, record high temperatures. I think, uh, what, three days ago you had Gavin Newsom. They passed the 35 years. Uh, by 20, Excuse me, by 2035, we're going to go ahead and and not sell one more gas-guzzling vehicle, not anything that takes any gas. And then three days later, they're, they're asking them to ration and cut back on their energy uses. I believe that they need to have the thermostat somewhere between 75 and 78. If you're going to California, you're out of your mind. How long is it going to be before an Airbnb or hotel says, well, to be compliant, we need to make sure that you, if you're going to stay in our beautiful place that you're overpaying for and you need to check in late and come uh, and check out early, uh, we need to make sure that you keep and we're monitoring that nest. We're going to see whether or not you are turning on. I recently stayed at a place that was literally monitoring every one of my moves. This is what's going to happen. You have the Gestapo energy companies. You have the Gestapo gas companies. You have the Gestapo, your credit card companies, your social media. Everyone's going to be telling on you, okay? So it doesn't matter that you are going to be behaving. And it's not going to help these companies because they're going to ration you out of existence anyway. Germany will shutter nuclear pants despite looming winter shortages. Why they're committed to the agenda? They're woke. Open borders. Countries in the European Union are working to cut fuel consumption after benchmark natural gas prices. So how are you going to do that? Tell people to stay home. Don't drive. You have no freedoms. You can leave and go. Like, didn't we all move out of our parents' house, houses decades ago? Let's think about this for a second. So some pretty strong, pretty strong suggestions uh, by these governments, which are trying to avoid 
uh, further energy shortages at the very same time that they are creating them. How do you do this? They are creating every one of these energy shortages or have created them. And then they're telling you, well, you need to do your part. We're in this together. It's like the same of everything else, same psychology. And you're going to go ahead and buy by it. You're never going to fight back because you, some people can't even fight to get out of bed. 550, 500. You're welcome to go ahead and uh, call in uh, very quickly. If you have a uh, call or two doubt, I know you follow the energy, uh, game uh, quite a bit and the energy transition act is something that michelle luhan grisham will not be penalized for seemingly despite us being the number one and number five highest produ uh, producers of oil and gas in eddie and lee counties but your thoughts well eddie there was an interim uh, committee when the when the legislature's not in session they have interim meetings throughout the year where they get you know per diem for traveling around and doing these uh there was a presentation given where uh the the, the powerpoint said the eta is not causing power problems, uh, and, and higher costs for electricity in, in New Mexico. That's the result of all these other factors. I, I guess we'll see about that. But I'm glad you brought up this issue of the, the European situation. And you're 100% right, Eddie. I think what's happening there isn't happening in this exactly the same way right now. But I think it's a preview of things to come. And one of sure. the things that I enjoy doing when I put the Daily Blast together, another reason you should subscribe, ladies and gentlemen, is there's a great website out of Germany that looks at deep green Germany and how what they're dealing with. Uh, it, it's This was translated by the website uh, out of the German. They speak uh, German in Germany. Uh, two energy experts there, quote, the continued expansion of highly volatile renewable energy sources highly volatile renewable energy sources and the further displacement of more conventional generation units are making the power grid increasingly sensitive to weather related fluctuations. And they right. conclude with this, as long as economic energy storage systems are not established, even proponents of the current direction of Germany's energy transition will have to admit that reliable conventional power plants, meaning fossil fuel and nuclear, will be needed for a long time to come. Uh, and this morning I read a little preview of Boris Johnson's uh, surrender goodbye speech that he gave in the UK today, another country having a lot of energy issues. His final speech as the prime minister said mm. the nation needs the, their energy future to be, quote, cheap, clean, reliable, and plentiful. Um, that's almost word for word. Uh, certainly cheap and plentiful uh, from the Donald Trump administration's view on energy. He has denounced the myopia and short-termism that has led the United Kingdom to not complete a single new nuclear reactor in almost 30 years. His parting pledge to build eight new nuclear reactors, one a year for the next eight years. Uh, hmm. It's almost like, Eddie, as Jay Leno used to call it, Europe is clown town. Clown Town is waking up to Lonely Girl, Melanie Stansbury's energy policies, and they're fighting back. We've got to do the same here. Yeah, we uh, will not fight back. We're going to follow through with it. And then the, the fight back will come after we can't live with it uh, because everybody seemingly is uh, focused on experiencing the consequence of poor decision making because I guess it just makes great stories. I don't know. I don't know why else we would be doing things that are so stupid. Uh, Puro Cotino de Humo. Boracho is drunk. Beto was hungover, I say. Okay, God. All right. All right. Didn't MLG and Keller call Trump's operation legend the stormtroopers? Yes. They then brought in 50 state police to help with the crime, and then they left quietly after the photo op. On abortion, wouldn't it be cheaper to pay for free birth control methods and free condoms? Because I always wonder, WHO was aborted yesterday. Today will be uh, who was aborted yesterday. Today will be tomorrow. Was it another Einstein or Tesla, Sinatra or Elvis? 
a person destined to cure cancer. Who? Wow, Steve, that is great. That's Good a point. That, Good point. That's a very deep conversation. That's the problem right there, Eddie. No one will hold the Democrats responsible. I had a heated discussion with some friends about the increase in the murder rate and homeless population under Tim Keller. They were shocked at the numbers that I've researched from discussions on your shows, and I told them that they must like murder and homelessness. I reminded them that we had a better choice with you as mayor. I just think they are either too stupid or apathetic. That's from Tim. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate the a uh, vote of confidence there. Uh, you got to have somebody who actually cares, not just going to grandstand is involved every single day. I would have done that. We have needs in family health, mental illness, drug addiction. This one actually uh, needs to get done. Okay, I, I think I follow what he's saying. Uh, I am concerned a new revolution like the anti-clerical French revolution will happen. I'm not familiar with, uh, maybe dad will explain that to me later. Hey, Eddie, whatever happened with that $200 million lawsuit against her? I don't know that there was a $200 million lawsuit. What was that for? I don't, I don't know. I'm unfamiliar. Familiarize with me at this time. Uh, I'm not interested in hearing Joe read from a teleprompter at 6 p.m. <laughs> no Biden. No Biden. Do not play Biden. Uh, here we go. I'm getting all of the, uh, the, the deals. Uh, how do we recall Mayor Keller? I think, did, did we research that? I know we did all our stuff for uh, Impeach MLD. Did we ever do anything on Keller? Uh, whether or not, it, oh yeah, we did. The city council had to charter. change the charter. charter I talked to Dan change. Lewis about it, and uh, well, look, folks, we <laughs> we're going to have encampments throughout the city of Albuquerque. What makes you think that we're going to change the charter to impeach Keller? So um, I think that's kind of where we leave it. Got an exciting hour too, just for you, right here in the ABQ. Lots uh, to get to, including student loan forgiveness. Uh, that's what they're doing to buy votes. A preview of what Biden has been uh, doing. Well, no, it's actually telling you the truth. Biden using other people's money to buy those votes. We'll get into uh, PPP. He is uh, shaming the people who took PPP, and maybe that's why he's sending out the uh, financial Gustavo in IRS. And Dad will do a deep dive, 15 feet deep, and Joe Biden, it's a racist. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you from the ABQ up next. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Oh, Eddie Aragon, Eddie, the Rock of Talk. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KI, the ABQ. Rock of Talk. Five on hour two coming at you here in the ABQ on a Thursday afternoon. You got Muska with me as well in the Kiva. You catch directly on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Podcasting, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. You can also find us on Audible, which is amazing. And uh, you should be reading with your ears. I can see it. Uh, not to mention, you can also download it for free. Rock of Talk TV. Rock of Talk. Dot com. You can watch or listen to us at your leisure. Uh, don't forget, also, folks, for less than 20 cents a day, you can get all the show notes, the preview that's coming out with every single link of all the things that we talk about so we can race through the show. It's little picture pages, if you might remember that. Or maybe if your Sunday missile, turn to page 483 for Psalm. <laughs> I, I love that, right? You get to follow along with the uh, with the Padre up front. You got to know what's going on. Then you can read the... Uh, you know, you could read your act of contrition, uh, the profession of faith. You know, we believe in the one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and all those things. Oh, look, I'm just making your mom so happy, right? You <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. The, the Vatican II stuff, you know, post-pre-Vatican II. You can do all that kind of stuff. Think of the guy that comes out before as a Sunday missile, plus you get, you know, my ugly bug telling you in two minutes what's going to be happening in the Kiva this afternoon. D.D. Musk, hour two, how are you? 
Uh, looking forward to the weekend, the the, the party holiday weekend. Uh, I already took wow. my vacation a little early, so it will be an all work weekend for me. But I will spend a lot of time with the dogs with my laptop. You got to catch up, though. I mean, you got to you got to vacate from the vacay or regroup yep. from the uh, ungrouping. Uh, if you there, will. There's been one particularly interesting spaceport development that you will be reading about uh, if you're a subscriber next week. Trust me, I will be weighing in on that issue. All right, good deal. Um, spaceport uh finally has come to the uh, forefront uh, because the albuquerque journals legislators want to know what it, what the viability of the spaceport well finally like we've been it's never made any money <laughs> we've been screaming about it for two years uh you know but rebecca dow was sort of standing in her way she every every single time she'd try and justify it and you know various other things like why why are you so high on are you so high on space? No. All right. Uh, it's called the sunk cost fallacy, I think, Eddie, hmm. for our people who understand investment. So the uh, speaking of the Republican Party, I'm gonna I'm sort of gonna digress before I jump into the whole thing about the loan forgiveness, the buyouts. I mean, I think we all understand this. And you know, I have my kids, we subscribe to this um <clears throat> really little cool, awesome service with great books. Uh and uh, they had a, an article that came out. It is student loan forgiveness is a Ponzi scheme. And it's the Tuttle Twins. Uh, folks, if you are parents that care about your children, subscribe to the, the Tuttle Twins. Um, it is amazing. And uh, it's aimed at parents, but you can buy all the books. Um, there's also Brave Books as well. Get your students on something different. Uh, and also uh, do some Khan Academy with them. You know, get them up to speed. I've got my kids. They got two laptops. They do their stuff. It's part of what they do. Do not trust the government to educate their ch your children. They want to brainwash your children. We know this, okay? Now, <clears throat> uh, the Republican Party of the state of New Mexico just put this out at 4.27 p.m. Uh, while we were in the middle of our first segment, kind of going in a little slow news weekend. Might have been able to big, uh, make better hay out of this. Greg Baca jumped in first. You know, Everyone's trying to get the credit, but uh, this is good. I'm glad, glad Greg, glad RPNM is in in front of this. I didn't really want to talk about this because it's always the same, right? Uh, what is Joe Monahan? Is it the putting children first or what is the name of his, his little group? What, what is that? It's like some sort of kids, yeah, well, kids count. Kids are counting. Kids count New Mexico. Oh, voices for children. That's the other I mean, one. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's yeah. always. So uh, Lujan Grisham deserves an F for New Mexico constantly having the worst. So you got to show up to school to get an F. Right, most of these kids and low information voters don't show up to school. They don't even know what an F is. What's an F? Right, and then they get new grading schools and uh, grading systems, and like, oh, that's a one. That must be good. That's, does that mean first? <laughs> like they've totally reoriented these kids so they can make them feel okay. And you know, tens of thousands of these teachers have gotten together to all indoctrinate each other to tell each other that they're doing a great job, and then uh, beg and beg and beg for money, but they can't sell it to the parents whose children are consistently failing. Um, this is, we've gone through two generations now, right? 80 to 2000, 2020. We've had two years, two successive generations of public school education. And what what do we have to show for it, folks? Failing. We are somewhere between 20 to 30 uh, in the world rankings for math scores. We're somewhere between 30 to 40 in science scores. We're somewhere between 15 to 25, I think, in reading scores. Heck, I mean, uh, Clay was just talking about every single time a minority wins it's always an East Asian Indian uh, or an East Asian uh, Chinese person or an East Asian, you know, because these are parents who spend an inordinate amount of time with their children, educating them, and they don't leave education to the government. 
they don't trust their government. They see what governments have done to them and their family and their heritage for literally hundreds of years in the places that they're from. But I digress. So let's get into this as RPNM writes. The New Mexico Public Education Department released the long-awaited student assessments only to prove once again that Lujan Grisham, uh, Lujan Grisham administration has failed our students miserably. Here's the numbers. The disgraceful numbers are indicative of an administration that has systematically failed New Mexico. They reveal that 75% of New Mexico students are not proficient in mathematics. Wow. Hard to believe, huh? Hard to believe. Three and four. Can't add and subtract. You know, can't do basic math. 66% are not proficient in reading. I think that's the worst of all. And I think that that is what leads to failures. And, um, you know, when you do a lot of storytelling, you know, when people were illiterate and they couldn't read, my grandfather was illiterate, by the way, um, but for other reasons, because he was basically raising his entire family by the time he was six and wagging training between uh, Martinez Town and Tucumcari to keep his family fed because his dad kept telling him he was dying all the time. But that's a story for another day as well. When you start to look at this, you start to assess how we got to this particular place. It has to do with the fact that people aren't interested in reading or maybe they don't know what to read. I mean, look at the, the sampling of, of a lack of, of newspapers, a lack of uh, real things to, to pay attention to. People aren't reading in schools. We're trying to rewrite history oftentimes before we just say that, oh, yeah, that's something that, that's good to read. This is what is absolutely ridiculous because when people couldn't read, they got all their information through storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Or they'd get it from symbols, symbols on churches, gargoyles, and, well, that's the gates of hell. And this is, and they all relate it. It's a, it's a form of telephone. This is why people are so stupid in this state is because they are not opening their eyes and reading a book. You know what? We should start handing out Kindles instead of books. We should start handing out, instead of getting them an iPad that they can play three things, get them a device that they can only do a couple of things on. Because honestly, people are so, between being stoned or drunk at young ages, I think they're more interested in playing and entertaining uh, themselves. And they see that as a form of getting through things. Oh, I crammed through a, a miniseries. Or I crammed through, what, what, what do they call it, binge watching. But the pandemic hit. Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham shut down schools, used her illogical and arbitrary COVID policies to hurt our students by online learning. And then he goes on to say, during her tenure as governor, the state has spent more then $13.6 billion on K-12 spending. Well, nothing to show for it. You give this woman more money, she doesn't do anything with it. She doesn't get more results. She just hands out money, this time to teachers and their union, so that they can work and probably march the streets, knock doors, and tell everybody what a great person Michelle Lujan Grisham is. And if any of those people actually met her in person, they would probably not say that. Uh, a lot of people have, uh, what do we, I think, at 27 people who have left her administrations. Um is that, is that about right, the cabinet? Did you do a final it's, count? It's that? either 26 or 27. I'll, I'll check my numbers. Okay. The governor's incompetence and mismanagement of priorities has made New Mexico education system a national embarrassment, said Chairman Steve Pierce. These latest scores don't lie. Our students are draining academically, and the governor and progressives are to blame. But what does she always say? We're going to give people free college. We're going to relieve them of their federal loans. This is the break that we needed. What is that money for if it's not, she's not getting the results? Well, apparently it just means that they're not obligated to pay for something they never found uh, useful for, useful uh, in the first place, which of course is their education. Sort of like why these guys get on Scali when they go to the university and the only thing they care about is, well, I'll get university studies, cultural studies, or I'll get a general university uh, degree. I'll go there and I'll play four years, won't graduate, and then I'll have nothing to show for it. So, 
the loan forgiveness, according to the Tuttle Twins, is a Ponzi scheme. We posted those links. You can see that there. And then the loan scheme benefiting only the ruling class. Back after a quick break. Here's the music. Five eighteen here in the Kiva. Dow, do you there? It looks like we froze up a little bit. You can hear me. I can hear you fine, sir. Good. A lot of people listening online. That's pretty cool. Record numbers last month in terms of what we cleared on our TV. We're writing a big check. That's okay. Government wrote a big check to a lot of businesses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. PP. You're down with OPP. Yeah, you know me. Well, uh, they do know you. They know that they gave it to you. It's the Paycheck Protection Program. It's back. And, yes, you're going to be in trouble. Hey, now. Hey, now. The IRS is back. Yep. Uh, they're looking. They know that you've been lying. They know that you have been ain't been trying. Right? They know all that stuff. It's not good. Uh, but the whole debate is back open. I'm going to business first actually covered this just a little bit. Said PP loans back in the spotlight amid student loan forgiveness debate. Now, make no mistake about it, folks. The Albuquerque Business First is a leftist business newspaper. They do all the rah-rah cheering for the Democrat like, like you've never seen. It's crazy. It's like it's a who's who. And I swear they feature somebody from M2 Cheese every single day. Hey, you just got promoted from, from uh, server to cook. You know, I don't know. Like, why, why do I need to hear about promotions within a restaurant? 20,000 canceled under the federal student loan debt. Mostly 10, right? Some people just walking away. The loan forgiveness plan unveiled last Wednesday would extend the pause on student loan repayment and restructure income-based forgiveness. By the way, that's until the end of the year, right? The day after all that, they're going to say, yeah, you got to pay. They're coming for everybody, folks, because, hey, no, but neither a borrower nor a lender be. You know that one, of course. Right, right. Indeed, uh, indeed. Bernie Sanders and former presidential candidate took to Twitter to say if the federal government can forgive PPP loans to businesses in their time of need, it can also do for the same borrowers. Did we pave the way for all of this for them? Well, uh, here is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, not sounding uh, as well on Newsmax and uh, – this is a, a very a sort of, you know what I can't stand is that these guys don't acknowledge any of the positive news and the things that we've actually worked on. They always go for the, the negative stuff. So uh, it, here's Marjorie Taylor Greene, one of the most hated women by progressives in Washington, uh, D.C. Come on, jump on, jump on, girl. Agenda for that. They need votes in November. So the timing is a pure coincidence there as well. But it's completely unfair. And taxpayers all over the country, taxpayers that never took out a student loan, taxpayers that pay their bills and, and, and you know, maybe even never went to college or just hardworking people, they shouldn't have to pay off the great big student loan debt for, for some college student that piled up massive debt going to some Ivy League school. Oh, you guys are not going to like what I have to say next. It's going to be ugly. I know Dad's probably uh, not anticipating this either. Yeah. <laughs> If you took a PPP loan and you stayed in business, Mark Moores or anybody else that's out there, okay, and you got it forgiven, you cannot be a person who complains about the loan forgiveness for the student loan. Is it the same? Well, 
Yeah, it kind of is. I hate to say it, but it kind of is. You let the governors, you let your mayors, you let anybody shut you down for fear of a penalty. You decided not to fight back. You know, they did this because, why does the dog do it anyway? You know, because they can. You decided to take the PPP for whatever reason, and that's fine, okay? It was forgiven for you, and hey, you you stayed in business and kept people employed, and the government paid you to also have them get tested and wear your mask and stay woke, and oh, we're going to get through this together, and you bought into it. Well, it's the same thing with the same level of indoctrination that's happening at the university, okay? Now, um, what's the total cost for the PPP uh, compares to the... You know, the student, the, yeah, the student loan. I mean, I think it's significantly more for the PPP program. People were oh, yeah. getting big, fat checks. Uh, 51 million jobs were saved. Ultimately, 5.2 million loans Whoa! were approved at a total cost of over 525 billion with a B dollars. Yeah. So uh, here we go. Small Business Administration under the CARES Act was able to fund more than 4.9 million PPP loans. Protected millions of jobs. How many? 51 million. Republicans on the committee also found that approximately 117 billion in loans were provided to small businesses in economically distressed areas known as historically uh, underutilized business services or hubs. Uh, we have many of those hub zones there. Get your commercial real estate in the hub zone. You'll get the benefits. In the first 14 days of the Paycheck Protection Program's existence, more than $342 billion in loans were provided according to report. So can they do it? And... If you received a PP loan, PPP loan, can you complain about the fact that uh, the students had their loans forgiven? I would say no. You'd be a hypocrite. Not fair to say? I think so, right? Now, the PPP is responsible, according to the SBA administrator, for a majority of jobs created since May. I'm like, a lot of that money is parked on the sidelines. How are we able to pay you when no one's coming through our doors, when we're not able to move product? Well, we got government money. They take an inch and you give a mile. You give them total control. Will you be able to object at any point if you're a student and you decide to go ahead and sign up for any of this? No, there's no way. How do these jobs get created? Why do we have historically high a historically low unemployment rates at a time that we're coming out of COVID when it, we should have gradually moved back into it. It's not like we're jumping back in. Many people are still working from homes. So we haven't acclimated ourselves to the old culture of actually getting up, time to make the donuts, going to work, grabbing a cup of coffee. Hey, how's the weekend, Stan? Well, I'll see you at noon. I got to get these reports out. Well, I got to go ahead and sell some cards. No, no one's doing that anymore. Everyone's on their time and everyone's working around their schedule. I mean, for God's sakes, it's like everyone's on paternity and maternity leave all the time. They really are. It's like, well, I need to remote work. And then you're turning around and complaining about it in one form or another. You can't complain about it. I can. You can't. We were helping businesses however we can because that's what people do. Giving people reprieve and hey, we got to you know, create awareness that you're still open, you're still doing it. I mean, how do you think any of these businesses actually make it through? Well, you, you got to kind of be resourceful. You got to be me, lean and mean. And many of these businesses didn't stay lean and mean. I mean, look at the airline industry. They're charging you hand over fist. They didn't make any money. Look at the movie industry. Like they're striking right now in the, in the airline industry today. What is it, a million something or other employees across all airlines are striking. 
the, the movie theaters, even after getting all that bailout money, that's what it is. It's bailout money. Let's call it what it is, are likely going to be going under. I believe uh, one of the parent companies of, I think, Cinemark might be filing BK. Why does that happen if they receive so much money? And yes, on the Republican side of the aisle, there are direct people who are probably complaining about these student loans being for this is crap. This is junk. This oh, you shouldn't be complaining. Well, you can't complain about it. You took the PPP loans. Right? <laughs> you let the devil in. Oh, yeah. I want to see what you got. Oh, it looks good. Yes, we're going to help you out. But right after this, here's what we're going to do to you. Very interesting. Four different members of Congress. And no, not just Democrats, folks. Yep, Texas Republican Roger Williams and his Chrysler Dodge Jeep dealership in Weatherford, Texas. That sounds more Southern than it does Texas. His wife is employed at the dealership. Williams office said he's been a transparent and open about receiving the loan, which they said kept every one of his employees on the payroll. Did you need to? First thing I told people is like, well, why do you feel an obligation? The government created this, you know, <clears throat> false flag operation, really, of the Wuhan. <clears throat> Everyone's dying. You got vented and remmed and all things like, oh, people are dying. This is terrible. Yeah, because you went into the hospital, you started to get vented and remdesivir. And you're like, well, I can't breathe anymore. Well, go look at the studies. You decided to go ahead and play along. You decided to shut your doors. You know, oh, we're going to do this together. And look, then you took the PPP. You took it all hook, line, and sinker. Well, a Texas Republican, Roger Williams, did it too. He spent his entire life on Main Street and brings the expertise with him to Congress where he leads the fight for small businesses. Uh, when you get in trouble, son, you run out of money, you just go to the government for more. Whoa. Wow, that sounds like real business orientation. Wow. And they uh, told the Dallas Morning News that like millions of small businesses across America, our family-owned business was not immune to the economic damage caused by the government shelter-in-place orders. And hey! You're a business? You're going to do everything the government tells you? Guess what? You're not a business. The business is not owned by the government. Yeah, I guess you want, you You love fascism. You love fascism. By the way, they're starting to uh, say that more and more in uh, other circles down about what fascism is. I heard that today. I was like, oh, that's my line. Is someone listening to my station? Someone to listen to me talk? Yeah, they're like, oh, what's fascism? Oh, it's a corporate-owned assets doing what the government wants them to do. That's fascism. Cool. Yeah. We will comply with whatever you tell us to do, and we'll let you turn us into an oligopoly. All right, Full House Resorts, of which Lee's husband is president and CEO, received $5.6 million. Representative Susan Lee, the Democrat out of Nevada, by the way, through PPP, according to the SEC, $5.6 million through PPP. You think she had the edge up? She got a hell of a lot more money than, I think, probably a lot of other small businesses. She has a bad look on her face. She doesn't look happy. Now, she's not the representative from Nevada, by the way, folks, in case you're getting confused. Not the federal representative from Nevada who was having a Twitter fight with the spouse over cheating. Uh, she's a separate hmm. politician, completely okay, God, separate politician. Yeah, whatever happened to that? She was, they, they, that was a, that was a fragment. Well, that one was black. I know, I do know that much. Uh, Horsford, was, Representative Horsford. Yes. Horsford, Horsford. Uh, representative Vicki Hartzler, Hartzler family, which owns farm equipment and suppliers across the Midwest. I'm certainly not taking any corn money. Received a PPP loan for $2 million, she told Business, not Fox Business. Meaning it will not automatically be audited by the government before it's forgiven. Yeah, you got $2 million for free. There you go. And we're not going to audit you. There it is. She's going she's gonna to get laid up and just make sure that you're not too Republican. And finally, Fiesta Restaurant Group, which employs Muscaral Powell, Debbie Muscaral Powell, Democrat out of Florida, uh, received... 
15 million. Yes, folks, uh, the government can make you rich and forgive you as well. So before you complain about those student loans, just make sure it's not pop calling the kettle black. Back after a quick break here in the queue. tune coming in it's so inspiring and hopeful so like uh kind of a worship type of feel to it right you know like that sunday morning it's you're running and it's hopeful i just i I don't know it's inspiring you guys should have a great time this weekend uh you know down some suds enjoy your uh enjoy your brewskis bro uh by the way the latest wall street journal coming out independent voters now tilting towards democrats in the midterm election. So, yeah, more steering going on in these uh, elections. Uh, no steering going on here. Just a deep dive by the Dow at 3000. It's Dow 3000's deep dive here for a Thursday afternoon. This will be the third segment of the second hour each and every day right here in the USA. People, I think, like the fact that I'm actually working hard and paying attention and doing a decent job as a talk show host now. Uh, doing a little bit better rather than just running as a, a candidate or doing this and, you know, throwing my weight around. Certainly not as much as <clears throat> Richardson uh, did uh, back in the day. I'm a, I'm a felt spelt as a doubt has referred to me before, but you won't be so spelt if you decide to down some brewskis and those people who produce them are, boy, a nice write up there at rockoftalk.chat. Dow, take it away. Yeah, folks, this is a uh, kind of a, I'm going to be working on some policy highlight kind of charticle things where I'm not exactly spending 3,588 words exploring the political career of Andrea Romero as much as some people like that. We'll, we'll still be doing those pieces too, but uh, this is more of a quick look heading into the Labor Day weekend. Uh, I like to call it Capital Day personally, but that's just my personal pro- proclivity. I think if we have Labor Day, we should, we should maybe six months from Labor Day, we should have Capital Day. Anyone, anybody with me on that? Um, people like to enjoy beer, particularly in the American Southwest from, from time to time. Um, many, probably everyone in my family drinks beer or wine, uh, except me. I, I try to stay away from it. So I have no dog in the, in the fight here. I don't care if you drink or you don't drink. But the issue of alcohol taxation as a policy wonk is always very, very interesting to me. And I will walk you through very quickly. Alcohol, broadly speaking, is taxed in three different ways, uh, and it probably will surprise no one, uh, beer, wine, and uh, distilled spirits. Uh, when it comes to the hard stuff in, Al- in New Mexico, we're, we're kind of interesting. We're kind of in the middle of the pack. We charge $6.06. I don't know who picked that $6.06 per gallon uh, in terms of the excise tax placed on distilled spirits in uh, the, the land of enchantment. Uh, wine, we're actually very high. We're one of the highest wine, uh, one of the highest wine tax burdens in the country. We are fifth in the country from the top in terms of the, if you consider the top to be the highest tax, uh, buck seventy uh, per per gallon. And and Eddie, you you being an alcohol expert, I I I didn't know that barrels. How many gallons were in a barrel of beer versus a barrel of distilled spirits versus a barrel of wine? It all gets very very complicated. I'm I'm not from this world, but I do know taxes. Beer, uh, we're kind of uh, in between uh, the, the, the two burdens. It's 41 cents a gallon for the largest vendors, and, and we'll unpack the microbrew stuff in a second. We're 14th in the country, and, uh, you know, 
fifth in the country for wine tax burden, 14th in the country for beer, 24th for spirits. We're not exactly a low tax jurisdiction when it comes to a part of the economy here, of course, the leisure and hospitality industry. Uh, people like to have a, an adult beverage when they come to New Mexico as if the, the beauty weren't enough. For some folks, it's the beauty plus a little pickling going on in, in your in your blood, blood level there. Um, yeah, so... Uh, mostly focusing on beer here uh, in, in this piece available at rockoftalk.chat. The Tax Foundation, a great research group in D.C., put out their annual beer tax map. And uh, we're, uh, we're not in good Good, we're not in a good place. Uh, Arizona, their beer tax is, is smaller. Uh, Colorado, their beer tax is much, much, much smaller. Uh, Oklahoma, it, we're near, very near us, but just one cent behind. Texas, about half. Uh, of our beer tax. So uh, if you like to enjoy your your, your cold one, uh, think about the taxes this weekend. Not surprisingly, uh, given the way that politicians like to pick winners and losers, they like to reward their friends and punish the enemy. You know, the enemy is always usually some far off distant company, out of state company, corporate greed. The legislature has established a three-tier system for taxation of our our uh, our, our, our fermented uh, uh what do they call it is it what every state taxes uh fermented malt beverage i guess that's the official te technical definition of beer if you produce fewer than thirty thousand barrels your excise tax uh, for your beer business is only eight cents a gallon. If you produce between 30,000 and 60,000 barrels, and again, there's no sense behind any of these. These are just arbitrary numbers picked by politicians. There's no, there's no reason why it couldn't be you know, below 20,000 or below 35,000. It's just the way politicians are. Uh, you get hit with a 28 cents uh, tax per gallon. So they tack on an extra two dimes. And then the, the regular tax. So we're talking Blue Moon, Coors, Heineken, Dos Equis, Corona, Budweiser, uh, I actually had to look up all of the most popular beers in America, so uh, not, not being a drinker myself. Uh, if you are drinking, oh, and Modelo, of course, Modelo. When I was I at in Las it. Vegas last week, uh, we had a bunch of folks down in front of us yelling at the umpire, and these these fellows, uh, burly blue collar guys uh, of a, of a particular ethnicity in our in our country, uh, I think hardworking guys, talking about having to get up at eight o'clock the next morning. They were drinking Modelo Tall Boys, and uh, by the ninth <laughs> inning, they were really letting that umpire have it, um, which made me made me think about Modelo. I didn't know it was that that popular. So these big national brands, international brands, uh, they get hit with the 41 cent a gallon tax. Uh, so, you know, when you're thinking about what kind of beer to buy, you've got options over the weekend. Do you want to send a lot of that money to Santa Fe or do you want to spend uh, send a little less of that money to Santa Fe? Now, I don't know precisely how the the, the price breakdown works uh, works out, but I, I think I can safely say, Eddie, that craft breweries probably charge a little more for their beer than Budweiser or Bush or Natty Ice. Uh, yeah, but it costs economies of scale. Yeah. Exactly. These huge global distribution networks, I'm thinking. So if you want to pay less tax, I'm, I'm humbly suggesting, uh, if you want to give Santa Fe less of your money, uh, Santa Fe is swimming in cash, uh, maybe go for one of the craft brews uh, this weekend. But again, that's, that's your choice. Final word about our friends in the progressive movement. Uh, there is not a product or service that is sold in our country that they don't want to raise taxes on. There has been a powerful lobby, and they've just missed by a couple of votes uh, over the years on significant, significant alcohol taxes. I think it was Joanne Ferrari, that dope in the in the House. Her bill a couple of years ago would have made New Mexico's alcohol taxes, uh, again, broken down by beer, wine, and spirits, the, th the three-tiered system, 
the highest in the country. And of course, they want to use the revenue that they think they'll be getting, and that remains to be seen, to fight alcoholism, which is a very severe problem in our state. The worst in the country. Yeah, yes, no, no, no question. The National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, this is a federal entity, they have concluded that uh, because the hardcore alcohol abusers are affected little by increase in price, they were gonna, they're going to get their booze no matter what. Uh, hiking these taxes to reduce uh, you know, the socioeconomic impact of alcoholism is kind of a, a, a fool's bet. You've got to work on a more fundamental uh, level. Uh, it has more of an effect on the, the light and moderate drinkers who are the people who really aren't causing the problems. Also, because kids steal and because kids get adults to buy booze for them and they steal booze from mom and dad, hiking alcohol taxes really hasn't been shown to have much of an impact on underage drinking. You've got to work on the soul. You've got to work on the soul of children to help them make good decisions. Uh, as Eddie, over the last couple of weeks, we've, the, 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 uh, the college search for my nephew uh, has been accelerating. So I'm involved oh. in a lot of research on uh, some of the schools that he should be looking at and, and how he should write the essay. And, you know, uh, the essays are now very important in college. I guess they weren't 30 years ago when I was. When Hillsdale, I was, uh, Hillsdale. Hillsdale. Hillsdale, yes. Uh, I still want him to come out to uh, Colorado because I think UC Boulder has one of the best aerospace programs, but he wants to stay home. Anyway, moving on. Uh, in summary, we have high alcohol taxes in our state. It's nothing to be proud of. Not only do we have high alcohol taxes, we have far left Marxists who want to hike those taxes even higher. Uh, that is something we all need to be aware of. And Eddie, a lot of trade associations, you know me, I'm a free market guy. Oftentimes the trade associations love to work with the politicians. You know, they're coming at us anyway. Let's cut a deal. The restaurant associations, the bars in New Mexico have been pretty vocal about fighting alcohol tax increases. And that's good for them and, and, and good on them because, it, of course, it would hurt their industry. And these tax hikes, the left wants to hike taxes. That's their answer to everything. Uh, the evidence shows that hiking taxes on alcohol uh, will not improve our socioeconomic situation in New Mexico. So bottom line, have responsible fun this weekend, you beer drinkers. Uh, if you want to send less, fewer pennies and dollars to Santa Fe, I would recommend the craft brews, the local guys. If you don't care, go with the big national, international chains. But more important than ever, subscribe to rockoftalk.chat for this level of quality policy analysis. There you go, folks. Uh, the latest update there on uh, what's going on and your what's in your beer, uh, things that uh, aren't going to make you so high and take it out of your pocketbook. And the government's making a lot of money, right? Whatever Indeed. whatever happened to the, uh, what were they, the sin taxes that were out there? Well, I guess uh, they're they're still there. They're right there in your beer as you sin away. Long. By the way, MIT, is that, is that, did that make the list there, D-Dowd? Uh, I don't think so because really? I think, I think he and his mother and father are worried about this crazy high pressure environment there. I know some kids every year commit suicide as freshmen at MIT. Oh, um, oh. I'm, I'm really hoping for Tufts because I have a, a good friend oh. from high school who went to Tufts and got a degree in computer science and he is having a great life with like 17 kids. So I'm, I'm hoping hmm. for Tufts up in Boston. Oh, I got to go work, work for Facebook after he's, <laughs> I'm only kidding. Uh, UT Austin's another good place. To, oh, but then okay. it's Austin, all these uh, big university towns, uh, you know, Wisconsin, Madison, you know, Ann Arbor, Michigan. I oh. mean, they, they just, they're just, you know, Cal Berkeley. They all just end up being very, very liberal. All right. We're going to talk about when we return as a preview to uh, Joe Biden's big speech this evening. Uh, I think we got no votes. No votes uh, to to actually play it. So 
Yeah, it's just going to be you and me. They'd rather uh, listen to us than listen to Yammering Joe go on. Thanks, folks. Yeah, why Joe Biden is a racist. We're going to do that. They'd rather, wait a minute. Is that damning with faint praise? They'd rather hear from us than Joe Biden. <laughs> That's setting the bar real low. <laughs> Biden is a racist. Up next. Yeah, dude. situation that would uh, certainly show you I, I mean it's just funny this the way our country has well, he's the great uniter our country has gotten even more divided than you have ever seen it and not like he just can't stop talking about donald trump you decided to bring him back in you're gonna and by the way the special master did not advance the cause of donald trump uh basically she punted on that so that's where we stand going in um this whole thing's getting litigated it's absolutely Completely, totally ridiculous, but uh, what are we going to do? All right, so let's uh, jump into this. Oh, by the way, Ozzy moving back to England. Yeah, yeah. He says that everything in the U.S. is uh, effing ridiculous. When a man as sane as Ozzy tells you that everything in your country is effing ridiculous, boy, you know that. <laughs> I'm it's up- gut check time. It's gut check time out there, folks. <laughs> Yeah, he says, uh, and there was a mass shooting in Vegas at a con. Like, this guy's barely coming out of his haze of being drunk. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to die in America, he says. I'm English. I want to be back. So, um, you know, hope uh, Lennon never made it back. Lennon left in 71, never never made it back, right? I think that's that's, right. uh, He stayed here the whole entire time. So, um, Nobody seems to have any problem with Joe Biden being a racist. Certainly the leftists don't, uh, you know. I mean, look at his, he's so racist, his wife thinks Mexican people are, you know, food items. Right? Yeah, that's the way he feels about it. Uh, this was this was yesterday, uh, by the way. This is uh, uh, Joe Biden. Keep guns out. Of, you know what? The Mexicans are, Mexico, which has real problems causing. <laughs> he couldn't even help himself. Those darn Mexicans. You know what? The Mexicans are. Mexico, which has real problems, causing us real problems. You know what their biggest complaint is? Can't we stop gun, gun, gun trafficking across? How is this? How is he going to a speech? Listen to that. Oh, he's, he's just walking around, yammering on. This is just this. guns out. Of, you know what? The Mexicans are Mexico, which has real problems, causing us real problems. You know what? Yeah, impossible to listen to. Thank you for not choosing him. I'm, I'm glad we're going to be doing your your third hour. And then, uh, like. Remember the blacks? He he loves. He's going to Pennsylvania, home of uh, basketball. Wasn't basketball started in Hershey, Pennsylvania? I believe it was. Yeah, uh, uh, that would be Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, Springfield. Sorry, I, I knew I messed up. I just thought everything basketball was in Pennsylvania. That I'm I'm right there with Joe, I suppose. Uh, if I can inter- just interject for a moment. My deceased son, Bo, he was the Attorney General of the State of Delaware, and what he used to do is go down in the East Side, the what called the Bucket, highest crime rate country. There's a place where I used to, I was the only white guy that worked as a lifeguard down in that area, on the east side. And you know where the, you can always tell where the best basketball in the state is and the best basketball <laughs> in the city is. It's where everybody shows up. Give that man another beer, seriously. <laughs> Just <like laughs> anything that he wants over, 
old Joe Biden. You know, he has a history of this. You guys elected this guy, right? It, it's irony of irony, CRT and everything. <laughs> isolated all this stuff uh, back in April. Uh, you know, I like Dave Rubin. He's with uh, the, the Blaze. He's on the Blaze quite a bit. Uh, he has his own show on the Blaze. Been doing it for a while. It's funny, man. Funny, funny, man. Uh, let's just let him tee off on Joe Biden. Like Joe Biden treat them during their confirmation hearing? Because I suspect perhaps it this was before might Katanji, not be by exactly the way. the way Joe would have you think it was. Good morning, Judge. Talk to me, Clarence Welcome Thomas. to the blinding lights. That's not to a black Finding guy. Finding out what you mean when you say that you would apply the natural law philosophy to the Constitution is, in my view, the single most important task of this committee. Senator Biden was very focused on natural law. How did that go? Who knows? I, I have no idea what he was talking about. Clarence Thomas. I just want to make sure we all know what we're talking about here, that you and I know at least what we're talking about here. There's a fervent and aggressive school of thought. <laughs> that look from Thomas. That wishes to see natural law further inform the Constitution than it does now. Argued against by the positivist led by Judge Bork. Now, again, that may be lost on all the people. You know and I know what we're talking about. I have to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. I, you sit there and you have no idea. <laughs> what they are talking about <laughs> all i know is that he was asking me these questions about natural law someone may apply it in a way like more who leads him in a direction that is quote liberal you may apply it in a way that leads you in a direction that's conservative or you may like many argue not apply it at all but it is a fundamental question that is going to be almost impossible for non-lawyers to grasp in an exchange. But you know, and I know, it is a big, big deal. And in conclusion, one of the things you do in hearing <laughs> is you have to sit there and look attentive. Now, let's not let's not forget the eyes of the world are on Joe Biden, and you got through that entire part that he was arguing. You had no idea what he was referring to, and the guy that he was asking, Justice. Clarence Thomas has no idea what he's talking about. At people you know have no idea what they're talking about. And it was fine. I understood what he was trying to do. I didn't really appreciate it. Natural law was nothing more than a way of tricking me into talking about abortion. This is a case in which this sleaze, this dirt was searched for by staffers of members of this committee was then leaked to the media and this committee and this body validated it and displayed it at prime time over our entire nation this is a circus it's a national disgrace and from my standpoint as a black American, as far as I'm concerned, it is a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks who in any way deign to think for themselves. Quote, we already have a mayor. We don't need any more big shots. Okay, so obviously that was Clarence Thomas during his confirmation hearing. Uh, and he mainly, he's going after most this, this is serious stuff. I mean, I, I don't have a smile on my face anymore after seeing 
you know, one of the best Supreme Court justices uh, that, that we've had, one of the most conservative uh, who's out there, who's been, you know, taking it on the chin even now, having to deal with a guy who became the most powerful man, well, I don't know, the, the, the weakest, most powerful man in the history of this country, uh, Joe Biden. Um, he is nothing more than a marionette, uh, as we have seen now for Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. Um, Eddie, did he say that? you yes. you and I under you and I understand it, Judge Thomas, because we have law degrees, but no one who is not a lawyer can understand this. Um, I'm as confused as as you are, as anybody well, who listens to the man and the the whole entire thing. Let's not try to rationalize anything he's saying. I mean, here he's standing in front of a group of uh, you know I don't know. Yesterday he referred to a nine year old that he was uh, speaking to. Maybe. Here here he was. Uh, you might remember this, folks, and. Instead of playing, uh, you know, Joe Biden's uh, speech, we'll just listen to his uh, his speech on, on this. You got to take a listen, folks. You're going to absolutely love this. And there were a lot of it was a three meter board. If you fell off sideways, you landed on the damp uh, the darn cement over there. <laughs> and Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did. Yeah, he, and back in those days, to show how things have changed. One of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. Well, he came off, and he said, I'll meet you outside. My car, this was mostly, these were all public housing behind it. My car, there was a gate out here. I parked my car outside the gate, and I, he said, I'll be waiting for you. He was waiting for three guys in straight razors. Not a joke. There's a guy named Bill Wright, Mouse, the only white guy, and he did all the pools. He was the mechanic. And I said, what am I going to do? He said, come down here in the basement where mechanics, where, where, where all the pool filter is. You know, the chain, there used to be a chain that went across the deep end. And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, you walk out with that chain. And you walk to the car and say, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. I said, you kidding me? He said, no, if you don't, don't come back. And he was right. So I walked out with the chain. And I walked up to my car. And they had, in those days, you used to remember the straight razor. You'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, get them rusty. And I looked at them. But I was smart then. I said, first of all, I said, when I tell you to get off the board, you get off the board. And I'll kick you out again. But I shouldn't have called you, Esther Williams. I apologize for that. I apologize, but I didn't know that apology was going to work. He said, you apologize to me? I said, I apologize for that, not for throwing you out, but I apologize for what I said. He said, okay, close the straight razor, and my heart began to beat again. <laughs> I came down here because I remember the first bumper sticker I saw that made me aware when I was in law school, proudly for Holloway, proudly for your dad. First African-American state senator in the state of in the state of Delaware. Everything about. You got to listen to the rest of that. He can't even tell a story. That was totally incoherent. You had no idea. There's no way to trail that. The sad part about it is that's your president. He's the president that's about to go on the attack of every single American who's not in, firmly in line with him. He's not running the show, folks. Somebody else is. This isn't funny. He's a racist. He's a bona fide puppet. And he is the guy that is supposedly in charge of this country. 
There's no way that he could be. Not a man that stupid, not a man that senile, and not a man as weak in his constitution as him. Back up to the Tappy Hour News. This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Here for the third hour, I'm Eddie Uragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Yes, I changed my flag. Why'd you do that, Eddie? Well, uh, you might also notice that I'm also talking maybe a little bit different, covering different subjects uh, as well. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Don't forget Audible is a great place to go for any and all things. Educate yourself uh, because... Uh, the government is not going to think for yourself, uh, most importantly. And don't forget, you can download our free apps at rockoftalk.tv and rockoftalk.com and become a subscriber for less than 20 cents a day. Get all the links to all the show that I put in there uh, prior to the show. And you can go get those by becoming a subscriber and keep doubt here uh, by going to rockoftalk.chat. There it is. Become a subscriber. You get to follow along uh, with all the notes. And that's a lot of fun. There you go. Uh, I'm your... Uh, Conservative priest uh, here in the Kiva. Follow along. Uh, second reading from John. There you go. Just, we can uh, certainly do that. Uh, hour three, you and me and the Dowd makes three, 3,000. We got a Dowd's at data dump coming in this second segment. And uh, Dowd is here. And we've got a lot to talk about because I remember the sign of a weakening economy is you start to see these cars on the side of the road. You have these little anecdotal things where people write in white shoe polish and they sell their cars or best offer, OBO, you might remember. So, have you noticed that you're starting to see some of that now? You're actually starting to see it. Dowd, I know you're going up and down Alameda. You're seeing a few cars that are just uh, sort of out there. People are running away from their, their car payments. Uh, yep. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Hardly surprising, uh, given the credit card debt going up. Uh, I, I, I know I know the White House wants to wants us all singing happy days are here again, but uh, I, I've got some data today, Eddie, for the de- data dump that suggests otherwise. Yeah, it doesn't look good. We talked about the M2. Uh, keep the focus on that. That is the deposits in the bank. Banks are running thin. Uh, they're clamoring. They're probably calling you and saying, hey, uh, you know, you're running low there. Well, what can we do? You gotta, you're going to start getting those penalties from the banks if your checking account is below a certain threshold. Your credit card company is not going to be very understanding. They're going to be sure to charge and tack that on you and then try to collect and then start reducing your credit uh, amount. All that's going to be happening, you know, very quickly. Um, Folks, people are still going to be living their lives. I hate to say it. People are still going to be going out to eat. People are still going to be doing certain things. And by and large, that's going to be our audience here in the Kiva. Yeah, because they're conservatives. Yeah. The other, um, <clears throat> we'll just put them uh, mainstream, lamestream people that are out there. They're going to be like, what's going on out here? I had no idea this was even happening. Well, I mentioned used cars because it's such an important indicator. It's one of the first things that you unload when you start scrambling for money. People try to get rid of their car payments. You don't try to unload your house. You try to unload your car. You have to live in a house. You don't necessarily have to drive that fancy vehicle. I mean, it's ridiculous how much these vehicles are costing people. You drive them off a lot. They're worth less than what you had them. Except for Teslas, of course, because they're not making them as fast and they actually appreciate uh, 
due to the fact that there's such high demand. I don't think that's going on for the last couple of months. I wonder if that has changed. I would bet that it has. And the used card market is now starting to cool itself. People are telling you that, well, we got a hold price. We're going to premium, you know, it is, you know, the things we don't, we don't have that. It's on back order. There's no Ford Broncos. There's no, I don't know. What's the highest car in demands that are, there's none available folks. They're lying to you. They can't get rid of them. And it has to do with interest rates. Just that little adjustment in the interest rates. Uh, people are so price sensitive when it comes because they're looking at a payment. They're not looking at the car. The Mannheim used vehicle index that tracked what dealers pay for used cars at auction fell to a one-year low. Okay, Now, that doesn't seem like a lot, but we're back at uh, 2020 levels. Yep, correct. We've uh, sunk that far that quickly. Okay, We're just a couple of months in. It declined 3.6% in July in the first 15 days of August, still up 8.8% from August of 2021. Monthly slump was the most significant drop since April of 2020. Automotive analysts said sliding wholesale used vehicles should continue through August and likely through the end of the year. Metric called days of inventory. We talk about that in housing. How long will it take to dealers to sell out our cars at the current sales rate if they couldn't acquire new stock? Oh, was now eight days higher, not lower. It's moving in the other direction. So they noted that consumers' views of buying conditions for vehicles declined in August due to the elevated prices, soaring interest rates. They said the only time... Prior to that, that consumers felt this pessimistic about purchasing a car was when auto loan interest rates were sky high in the early 1980s. These are the dealers. They've been involved for a long time. There's uh, videos that are going around. Uh, one such guy, Mr. Dime Opinion, said the car market is in a very big, ugly bubble. Just did a great episode covering the topic. Payments that people have are unreal. How do they become normal for people to have payments in excess of $1,000 a month? They sound like rents, not car payments. People need to live. Vehicle doesn't do much. It doesn't satisfy one of the eight Maslow's uh, <laughs> <Yes>. hierarchy of <laughs> need. The need to move around, not in there. So people will ultimately sell. Now, uh, Joe Biden has a very difficult time acknowledging what the reality is. And we are in a recession. Okay? So I'm going to tell you. And the people who acknowledge that there's a problem and there's a recession first are going to be the first to survive. Just face it. You're making certain moves, certain things. You've, you've planned for this. For those who were in the middle of covid you already have adapted. Like COVID actually helped me in many ways. Um, didn't do PPP, didn't do a lot of things, but what it did, it just made me extremely leaner and extremely meaner. You know, I, I can do with this. I don't need that. I'm going to focus on this. This is what I'm doing. Uh, you, you go to the fundamentals. You, you focus on those things, okay? Epic Times writing about America's economy fell into a technical recession. New GDP data confirms this uh, written last week, okay? I told you the numbers changed. It was originally 0.9%, 0.6% negative, okay? That puts us in a recession. The next two quarters that it goes will we'll put us into a depression because it's four consecutive quarters. Consumer spending, which accounts for two-thirds of GDP, was followed by an increase in exports such as industrial supplies, materials, travel, and services. GDP saw declines in inventory investment, housing, federal government spending, and state and local government spending for the second quarter. That's very interesting on the government spending, right? Why do you think they're hiring all these new people? Well, they need to bring in a higher take. How are you going to get a higher take of people uh, to go ahead and pay the government at a time when they have less and less money? Will the government be the last to get its money? Or will it be the first to get its money? The revised personal consumption expenditure rose 7.1% in the second quarter. What are people doing? They're using their credit card. 
It excludes food and energy, by the way, folks. It increased 4.4% after growing 5.2% in the previous quarter. Those are prices. It doesn't look good because in order to get back out of the recession and to fight inflation, okay, inflation creates recession, companies are going to start shedding jobs. Snap, as Dowd indicated yesterday, laying off 20% of its staff. Expect to hear about that more and more. Expect to hear how the government's making deals for people to keep them on their payrolls for the next month, two, three months, just to get them past the election at this point. Okay? Folks, the woke and broke that are out there want to continue to live in the la-la land that was created by the Wuhan virus. They want to work remotely. They want to live vicariously uh, you know, through people via Netflix, via whatever movie they're watching at the very same time that they are not living, hanging out in their homes all day and expecting to get compensated. And those people right now are complaining about the fact that, and this is what's next for them, okay? The first to be laid off. If you're not picking up going to work, I don't care what it costs, 382 a gallon, whatever it is, 525 a gallon in California, 382 here, you are likely going to be the first to be laid off. There's going to be a huge scramble of people going back to work right after this holiday. One of the things that they're going to find is within the first month to month and a half, there's going to be a number of people who are going to say, hey, maybe I could have done without. You weren't here in the first place. I don't really like you here in the office. I think you're going to start to see more and more layoffs. And this proximity bias that I talked about in the first hour now, now I think will turn into the first to be laid off going forward. Mark my words on this, folks. 550-5500. That's 550-5500. We'll take a deeper dive into the numbers and the economy when we return with uh, D. Dowd Muska. For the rest of the hour, we've got a lot of good things, including a $22 minimum wage, which is a hell of a time to try and pull this crap on uh, the American people, uh, especially small businesses who are going to decide they can do more with less and do more on their own. And then we'll uh, do some miscellaneous things to wrap things up with entertainment and industry news as well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in on AM 1600 KIB, FM, rockoftalk.com. Dowd's data dump time. Uh, we're going to get into all the numbers as we always do. Folks, please don't forget, you can watch us. You can see what's going on. What, what do you mean, flags? What are we talking about? Yep. It's all right behind us, right behind me. And uh, we got a great Saturday lineup as well. We've got a couple of new shows starting, not this weekend, but next weekend. I'm very excited about that. We've got a, we've got a pet show. Yes. It's going to be quite exciting. Awesome. Susanna with uh, Pet Food Gone Wild is uh, doing that. We also have Chris Youngblood. Uh, which is going to be focusing on uh, what he has been uh, doing in the community. He's the president of Chavez Cruz, and uh, he's got a—he's he's such a good man. Like, there's good men, and then there's then the, then there's Chris Youngblood, in my opinion. I mean, he's just like, my gosh, you'd, good people really exist, and he's doing good things uh, for the community. And we'll get into that. So, looking forward uh, to uh, to those two things going on. And you know what? You—you you can always tell people's good energies, and that's good. We. We move Casey and uh, his wife to uh, one o'clock. And then we, of course, have our uh, three hour show with uh, Jay Bird and Nat on Saturdays. And then we also have uh, a two hour show that uh, Dinah did last week. So uh, that is uh, an incredible, what, what is that? Seven hours of 
of talk radio on a Saturday. Uh, in addition to uh, Mr. Doctor Doctor Summers, who is a, an absolute tre- he's he's the greatest treasure here in this marketplace, in my opinion. Uh, he's helped me more ways than I can imagine just by telling me, "Hey, do this, don't do that." I advise you to do this, and just educating people. So that's a live medical show that that is there. So stay tuned for the Saturday in the lineup as always, and you can watch it as well at uh, rockoftalk.tv. Dowd, time to dump. <laughs> I just uh, apologies, folks, for being a little distracted. I'm just uh, downloading the pictures my sister's sending for me from the apple orchard in Connecticut. The honey crisp are coming in, so if you're in southern New England over the next couple months, you want to swing by Broadbrook, Connecticut at Applebrook. That's Farm my favorite Cider apple, Road. by the way, Dow. The honey crisp. Yeah, they do come in early, uh, and uh, someone who's raised on uh, an apple orchard, I could tell you a couple of uh, real rare ones that I think are a little slightly superior, but Honeycrisp, very, 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 very popular, and uh, look for a lot of uh, apple-related data in the data dump in the months to come, ladies and gentlemen, because it is uh, harvest time, but we're going to stick to to reality. We're going to stick to the really big stuff today. Uh, got some stats on uh, some financial things, uh, manufacturing, and then something that's not so much a... Uh, a data dump, but a, an analysis by someone uh, you might recognize as, uh, I believe, who was the uh, Welsh actor who played Batman, uh, Christian Bale, uh, the real world Michael Burry, uh, quite quite uh, a famous, famous investor betting against housing back in, in 2008, something Eddie knows a little bit about being in Las Vegas at the time. We're going to start off with the manufacturing center, uh, sector, I'm sorry. It was a uh, the manufacturing PMI, I think it's the Purchasing Managers Index. It basically was stand pat. It did not change. Uh, the index above 50 means there's growth. Below 50, you're in trouble town. Uh, it stayed exactly at 52.8%. So Status quo, um, you know, no free fall, but, you know, no improvement either. Um, initial filings for unemployment insurance, Eddie, they are spinning this uh, for Biden in the best possible way. CNBC, all the usual uh, usual suspects. But I'm going to have a, a slightly different take on all of their wonderful, wonderful good news, uh, talking about how the initial claims for unemployment declined. Uh, seasonally adjusted initial claims for unemployment, the week ending August 27th, experienced a 5,000 decline from the previous period. Now, that certainly sounds like a lot, but it was 237,000 and it dropped to 232. 2000 so it's a drop of 2.1% if i still remember how to do percentages you know let's not go nuts that uh, employment is booming in this country let's not 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 go nuts i guess the next item would be slightly positive uh, we've spoken about the two consecutive quarters of worker productivity declining in the united states which again that's the only way you get wealth in a society is you 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 add more people or you become more productive. That's how you can boost wealth. Uh, it, it doesn't come from Martin Heinrich and Ben Ray Luhan moving the money around. That, that, that's not how it works. You have to have improved productivity. Do more with less. That's what capitalism is all about. And then you end up growing wealth. Uh, we had in the first quarter of the year, 7.4% decline. The initial analysis of the second quarter was at 4.6% to the bad. They revised that number very slight improvement to 4.1%. But we're still talking about declining productivity, uh, non-farm productivity. We exclude the agricultural sector. Um, Two quarters of that, uh, two quarters of declining productivity in a modern 21st century economy with lots of IT coming out of a lockdown with a lot of pent-up demand for goods and services, and we have declining 
productivity. Struggling with that. Uh, an issue our host uh, knows quite a lot about, the mortgage world, uh, housing. The average rate on a 30-year fixed mortgage rose to 5.66% this week. That is a Freddie Mac survey, that quasi-government entity, Freddie Mac. Less said about that, the better. That rate is nearly double the rate from a year earlier, and it is not far from the recent peak of 5.8%, 5.81% just a couple of months ago. Uh, at the start of the year, the average rate was 3.22%. We have seen significant uh, rises in the mortgage interest rate and uh, you know, housing driving so much of the economy. That's something to be very, very concerned about. So whatever you think about what I've just said, uh, we should, I think, notice the analysis of Michael Burry. There's no, there's no big financial guy, no genius, no uh, private investor who gets everything right. But you know, this guy is no dummy. He is the hedge fund investor, of course, made famous in the 2015 uh, film *The Big Short*, played by Christian Bale. Uh, one of our one of our favorite movies in in the Kiva uh, and uh, Margin Call would be our other one with with Jeremy Irons. Uh, very very interested. So uh, a, a year ago, uh, stocks he predicted that stocks were headed for the mother of all crashes. Um, I don't know that we've had the mother of all crashes, but we've certainly had great negativity. The S and P five hundred uh, considered the, the broadest measure of U.S. stocks equities down more than eighteen percent since. January. Mr. Burry, uh, whatever his failures in other areas, seems to have called this one pretty, pretty well. His investment firm, get this, dumped its entire stock portfolio in the second quarter, anticipating a great collapse. Uh, one of Burry's big concerns is that surging consumer debt, something we've talked about in the last few weeks, uh, is a great indicator of economic trouble ahead. Again, let's keep things in perspective. He's one human being. He's not the Lord High speaking from the heavens, but you know he's he's pretty pretty sharp. Finally, I'm going to give you some data that doesn't really relate to the economy, but it has a big impact on the economy. The National Assessment of Educational Progress. It's called the Nation's Report Card. The numbers came out today uh, from the federal's uh, the federal entity, the National Center for Education uh, Statistics. Uh, the long-term trend. They looked at reading and mathematics assessments for nine-year-olds, uh, specifically to examine student achievement during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, again, that's their language. I would say examining student achievement during the COVID-19 lockdown, uh, which is a more descriptive term. Average scores for age nine students in 2022 declined five points in, re in reading, five points in reading, seven points in mathematics compared to two years earlier. It is the largest average score decline in reading since 1990 and the first ever score decline in mathematics since that test was first implemented. Do we need more evidence of how destructive lockdown was to children? Well, we've got another data point, folks. And uh, it's, it's grisly. And the only thing we can do is hold everyone accountable on election day who endorsed lockdown. They were wrong. We were right. The kids suffered. Absolutely. And Dowd, uh, one of the, I think, negative parts about that, besides the data and how it impacts all of us, is, you know, local Republicans can't capitalize on that quite as much because it went down for everybody as opposed to Michelle Lujan Grisham. So it's important to delineate that Michelle Lujan Grisham kept us locked down longer than any other state that that, that is yep. out there. Uh, by the way, Joe Biden, uh, the name of his speech is called Soul of a Nation. 
yes, folks. Uh, uh, soul of a nation. Let's take a listen. What uh, this old man is yammering on about. Uh, we'll go live for the speech. It's of America, the United States of America. Here we go. United. May God protect our nation. And may God protect all those who stand watch over our democracy. Well, he's God bless you all. Democracy. Thank you. Oh, that was it. Wow, that was short. That was like it's all pump and circumstance up in there. That was it. He's done. Well, time to get the Metamucil and Malto meal. There's his wife. Crazy ass wife. Let's see if we can go back to it. The Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. These are hard things. But I'm an American president, <clears throat> not a president of red America, blue America. Oh, there's nobody America. more divided than you, bro. And I believe it's you my suck. duty, yeah. my duty to level with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult. Yeah, yeah, you, no matter you're how a big painful. fat liar, yeah. There's nobody worse than you. And here, in my view, is what oh, is true. Oh, that Barack was terrible. Look at you. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. Okay. They do not believe in the rule <clears> of law. <throat> they do not recognize <throat> the will of the people. Wow. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies. No, nobody's a bigger crony than you. Itself. You're in D.C. for 50 years. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards. Backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no oh. right to privacy. First thing he goes for is exactly that. And speaking of no right to privacy, just absolutely disgusting. The man's a disgusting misfit of a man, top to bottom. Uh, the fruit, judge a man by the fruit of who he has. Look at his disgusting kids, his horrible life, and the absolute debacle of the presidency that he has run. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva. Thirty-three here in the Kiva, Kathy Holcomb, boy, that's a piece of work. Governor, yeah, that's the governor of New York. She demanded 5.4 million Republicans flee New York. She said, "Just jump on a bus and head down to Florida, where you belong. You are not New Yorkers." Wow, uh, I guess I'm not 11th generation New Mexican, right, Michelle Hunt Grisham? That's uh, that's what's coming next, uh, folks. That's uh, yeah. the great uniters, the united, just telling themselves fables and stories and all sorts of crap, keeping you locked down. Destroying lives, destroying economies, and then telling you that they did all the good things. Michelle Lujan Grisham shows up with her her FBI this morning to take down the gang. She had two and a half years, three and a half years to do that. She didn't do it. it results in the death of Rosario Zito, owner of Giovanni's Pizza. A man whose death could have been prevented had we not had a turnstile justice system. Had we not had the likes of, oh, I don't know, Attorney General Hector Balderas. Oh, I don't know, uh, District Attorney Raul Torres. Oh, I don't know, uh, Democrat Mayor uh, Tim Keller. No, um, I would even say, uh, I would also include many uh, Democrat Sheriff Mandy Gonzalez and all of that. Folks, this is, you, you get what you vote for, or in this particular case, you get what they tell you. <laughs> Who even knows if your vote counts at this point? 
What are you going to do? Drive me? Drive me out of there? I dare you. Please try. Go ahead, show up at my door. I like that part where he says. <clears throat> Matt Damon is, uh, what is the name of that movie? The, the, the Departed? Yeah, there he goes. Watch what happens, Einstein. <laughs> he knew it was coming for him the whole entire time. Yeah, the, I think Biden knows it's the end. He knows he's going to get replaced. I told you, what did I say? He wasn't going to make it to the end of the year. I'm almost absolutely certain of that at this point. He's, uh, this is his last farewell. This is his farewell tour because he's taken on so much flack. Uh, the house will immediately just hand, it o- hand over the keys the car uh, looks like uh, she'll be able to be there 10 years if they want. If it's not Kamala, it's going to be Kamala and Michelle together. Yep, that's what you're going to get if uh, if they have anything to do with it. Hey, Eddie, a- I, I, I think oh. that one of the – and I wish I'd taken the text of this because I don't pay a lot of attention to politics. Sure. It's, it's like an occupational – necessity that I pay attention I to politics because politicians are the ones who implement policy, which is what I study. Um, for for Biden to, to drone on like that and basically call 74 million Americans, uh, you know, fascists because 70, at least 74 million people voted for, for Donald Trump in, in, in 2020, I'm going to unite the nation by calling 74 million Americans, Nazis and fascists and, and all that kind of stuff. There was a great essay a couple months back by maybe maybe a conservative maybe a libertarian a good a good writer in in our world here talking about biden's history and and this false claim on the part of some of these kind of moderate people that oh you know biden's really gone hard into the wokeness and the demonizing his opponents and you know that's not our lovable middle class joe from delaware joe biden when he still had some mental faculties he was always a nasty petty full of himself paul uh and i know that describes a lot of a lot of politicians but even by political standards i'm looking at an ap uh story from 1987 which is probably well before a lot of our listeners were born um i was uh on my way to adulthood in, in 1987 uh senator joe biden claimed during a campaign appearance in new hampshire last spring that he finished in the top half of his law school class Although oh. records indicate he finished near the bottom, Newsweek yeah. magazine reported today. Now, our younger folks are wondering, uh, the journalists went out and, and, and checked the guy's claims and looked at the record. Yes, journalists used to do that. They, they still leaned left. They voted left. But they would go out and fact check politicians and report the facts. This actually happened. So Joe claimed in a, on a during a C-SPAN, uh, early C-SPAN video, I went to Syracuse Law School on a full academic scholarship. Uh, I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department. I graduated with three degrees Low-beating. from college. False. Okay. This guy has always been a liar about his resume. Uh, he's always been petty and nasty and, and a legend in his own mind. Uh, records actually showed, again, journalists being journalists, this is 1987, not 2022, that Joe finished 76th in his law school class of 85. Uh, he had a partial uh, need-based scholarship uh, as well as student loans. There is no record that he in his uh, he had never said anything about participating in moot court to that point 
Uh, he did not win the Political Science Award at the University of Delaware, and he received uh, a law degree and a BA in Political Science and History. That's two degrees, not three degrees. Uh, he has always been a petty, nasty piece of work. And when you take that persona and you fuse it with left-wing snowflake paranoia, anyone who disagrees with me to, to 1% is a Nazi. There's a beautiful fusion there. And as long as this dope is in the White House, Eddie, we're going to see more speeches like this, I'm sure. He's a disgusting creature. He really is. I, I don't say man, I say creature. He's a horrible man. And uh, you, he has nothing to show for it. Uh, look at the disgrace his family is. Look at the disgrace of his life. And look at the disgrace that he's brought to this country. Uh, again, uh, folks, uh, there is nothing positive that you can say about Joe Biden. 50 years in Washington, D.C. And again, nothing uh, to show for it. 550, 5,500. Uh, some of the woke stuff that he uh, tries to advocate for. You got the minimum wage bill. And then in California, Gavin Newsom, one of the candidates uh, to replace uh, Joe Biden, uh, he would be worse than Joe Biden because he's actually conscious. He knows what he's doing and seems to get away with everything. California's dead, uh, dying and dead. Fast food workers, uh, um, according to a new bill that passed, in addition to the no gas vehicles by 2035, like how, do, how the hell do you come out of the COVID? How do you come out of uh, where everyone's just fleeing California and decide to establish? Like this is how you can tell they don't care about their own state. You started to establish uh, a $22 minimum wage. That's right. Chipotle, Starbucks, everyone was just out against it, in and out. Uh, all people infected. Restaurant operators, businesses mobilized the best they could to try to persuade Gavin Newsom to veto a bill that would set wages for fast food workers, a move they said would increase costs and set a precedent for other states that might follow. I can guarantee you it's coming here to the state of New Mexico if you elect Michelle Lujan Grisham and her, her crazy-ass Democrats uh, to the state legislature. Called the FAST Act, passed California's legislature on Monday and signed uh, into law. It was backed by labor unions, which say a government council setting minimum wages for fast food would create a model to ensure fair wages. Fair? $22? What? And other protections for hourly workers in industry where unions have struggled to organize. So there you go. They'll just ram it down your throat. New York Times writing about it. Yes, I am a subscriber of the New York Times. Um, <clears throat> this is crazy. Eddie, it's it's so I, I bad. Can't even... <laughs> I'm looking at an analysis, the Cato quick analysis, the Cato Institute. Did. Sure, sure. Uh, they, this is my word, not Cato. This is a Soviet Sovietization of the fast food industry in our largest state. Uh, fast food council that would be at the state level, composed of representatives from the industry, franchises, workers, unions, and of course a representative of the governor's office. The council would have the authority to impose labor agreements on all fast food franchises with at least 100 locations nationwide. If you think that's terrible at the state level, think about Tim Keller's fast food council. It allows uh, versions of the fast food council to be adopted by any city or county with a population of at least 200,000, that would be Albuquerque, uh, to regulate these businesses within their own jurisdictions. Uh, I don't think Soviet is too dramatic a word. No, uh, no, we no, live no. in uh, dark times. Dark times. Yeah. Uh, by the way, he has not signed it yet. I was staying corrected. Somebody texted in. It said he may soon uh, sign it. So uh, looks like if he's going to sign it, uh, he might sign it here in the next week. Uh, according to what I'm looking at, go banking rates uh, on this. So thanks for uh, sending that in. So he did not do it. It was a study done by the UCLA College Labor and Social Sciences Center. 
And it is one of the most wokest, ridiculous pieces of academic excrement I have ever read. I couldn't get through the fifth page. UC Berkeley Labor Center, UCLA Labor Center, UC Berkeley Labor Occupational Center, Executive Summary. Fast food workers face labor issues related to safety and injury, workplace violence, harassment, retaliation, and theft. Because they're a common vector of COVID-19 transmission, fast food work sites are particularly vulnerable. And then it goes into all these things about discrimination and COVID and transgender and LGBTQ issues and then racism, right? And then talks about how people in the fast food industry earn such incredibly low wages or at the near minimum wage, but research indicated these wages constituted 40% of their family's total income. So that's the reason to raise it. They didn't do any economic study. They talked about why it should be higher. There was a letter to the California Senate opposing AB 257, the Fast Food Accountability Standards Act by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Uh, the Honorable Tony Atkins, President Pro Tem, and dear Senator Atkins, we firmly believe franchises and other business owners are better equipped to run restaurants in California than unelected political appointees in Sacramento. Sincerely, Glenn Spencer, Senior Vice President, Employment Policy Division, U.S. Chamber of Commerce. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce sees this as a problem, which is not exactly a political affiliation, and it is definitely a problem, folks. Uh, expect this uh, little thing to uh, make its way towards New Mexico in 2024-2025 if you continue electing the same politicians. Not saying that you are. Maybe the elections are already decided. But uh, get out, help, walk, pound the pavement, donate money. You've got to defeat the likes of Michelle Lujan Grisham. You've got to defeat the likes of Kathy Hochul. Um, You've you got to d- direct every single resource that you possibly can defeat the end of this country as we know it folks it is here and they're doing it and it's 24 7 we've got to go back on offense back after a quick break here in the cuba on am 1600 kiva bq.fm com. we'll wrap it up with some upside fun things some little miscellaneous bits of news that are out there to wrap the show here for thursday <laughs> past the hour here to wrap the show on am 600 kiv rockoftalk.com how do we get to this point where we're so incredibly divided people hate success they hate they hate people who are successful they hate people who represent what is right they hate represent things that are good they hate to don't ever think that someone is wishing for your success even those who are especially closest to you aren't pulling for you um I don't uh, say that uh, lightly because you know who you are. Uh, Just want to say, you know, it's been really good being here with Dowd. I don't know. Do you have the the number of days, number of weeks, number of hours? Uh, You probably have something, some mark somewhere, what day you started. You've been here now two years, I believe, Dowd. Um, Uh, June 20th, 2020 was the first day. 6 2 0 
2-0. And Dowd uh, has also uh, about to celebrate another anniversary, 30 years in the business. Uh, that will be when? October 15th. We will be celebrating that. And uh, that will be the most intelligent man, I think, uh, in the, one of the most intelligent men in the marketplace. Uh, I want to just, you know, I think that is. That is something that uh, we want to try and keep here. So best way to do that, get the show notes. I send out all the links before the show starts with a video of me. And uh, it will have Dowd sometimes when he's here in studio. But we need him working in his uh, bunker deep, deep in the, deep underneath the, the, the mantle. Of, Did you see my new the- plant, Eddie? I've got a plant to, 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 got? Uh, to humanize the place a little bit. Oh, okay, look, <laughs> you could give life. Soul of a nation, Eddie. You mean he is killing the soul of our country. What an ass. Oh, no. We want to save the babies. That's so extreme to a subhuman like him, a spiritual dead man walking. Uh, Biden's ghost gun apparently taken effect today. Mm, you and Dowd are the real intellectual royalty of New Mexico radio, Eddie. A king Thank and you. A, prince, a king and a prince in exile. Thank I'm you. Thank exile. you. I'm glad to be here. I learned right so much. Here. I learned exclam- I learned so much in caps from you guys. KKOB are unlistenable troglodyte. They should switch to an all eighties music format. It would be a vast improvement. It would it would help the people of New Mexico, I think. Uh, Duran never good. Uh, they'll do our show tomorrow. Uh, by the way, whatever we talk about today, they'll do our show tomorrow. Oh, did you listen? What they talk about? Someone uh, subscribing, getting their notes, so we can do our so we know what to talk about. What did they call me? Mr. Insignificant. What did they not acknowledge the entire time? They did everything they possibly could to keep me off their air. Killed my translator, killed the people's translator, it killed everything. Old Sparky is high in his own ass fumes. <laughs> uh, Southwest Airlines just shut down all of the reservation call centers and all of its reservation agents are working remotely from their homes. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. The process continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. George Orwell, 1984. Yep. Uh, Eddie, Scotty Kilmer on the dangers of heavy electric cars. Patrick. Eddie, when you have a chance to watch a YouTube video I sent you of a mechanic I'm, I'm known out of him for a year his name is scotty he has his take on what it costs for an electric car he breaks it down he also slams tesla in the democratic party on numerous occasions i received this voicemail several times this summer i don't own a business i'm curious if i would call it what they would say and maybe i should record a voice um, by the way you can't call me if i don't have your number in my phone book i love that feature eddie aren't these large car manufacturers getting government grants for their electric car research yes they were um <clears throat> Amen, Dowd. You don't have to drink more, just drink better. Uh, we have needs, let's see, the government forced businesses to take loans. The students chose to take loans. No, 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 that's false. You decided to do what the business, you decided to do what the government told you to do. Okay. You were scared. You took the money. You can't complain about those loans. I, I don't know. We didn't, I didn't ask you your opinion on that, Dowd. Your thoughts? Well, I, I probably have maybe a third direction that I'm coming from on this. And it was, it was from a perspective that I wasn't wise enough to have at the moment. It was heard on this network, the rock of talk, probably late March, 2020, early April, 2020. It was uh, expressed by Steve Moore, economist, Steve Moore, work for Donald Trump. 
Uh, and uh, he told Glenn Beck, heard on this network, there's an asymmetry here where the governors, the runaway governors, well, most of, meaning most governors, and of course, MLG got to be a top three, top five lockdowner, awful, awful, among the worst, if not the worst. Yeah, the worst. By destroying the economy, and, and now we know it's not just the economy, it was society as a whole, keeping people from going to their places of worship, keeping kids out of school. Uh, we still have pictures of the police tape they put around playgrounds where kids who had the least risk should have been out playing with each other and doing things kids do. So they were destroying things, and and with the understanding, the implicit understanding, and then eventually receiving the checks that the feds would bail out the economic carnage of this. So as long as the governors and Donald Trump, I mean, he, he did a lot of things wrong with, with Rona. He got, he, he, he trusted some people who should not have been trusted, but Donald Trump didn't lock your, your, your city your your state down, your town, your village down, your local politicians, your state politicians did that. So there was an asymmetry where they didn't have to bear any consequences for the destruction that they were responsible for because they knew that the big money was coming from the DC uh, uh, printing machine, okay? So when you have an asymmetry in uh, policy and consequences between different levels of government, you're going to see that kind of thing happen. Hey, everybody stay at home. You're not going to you're not going to really suffer anything because the feds are going to bail you out. That is a disaster. And we need to look at down the road where where other asymmetries like that could potentially hurt our society, where it's uh, governors doing whatever the hell they want and politicians in D.C. being so afraid of the consequences. They just churn up that printer. And uh, I think we have something called uh, runaway inflation to blame for that. So, again, that was a rare moment of, of severe asymmetry. And uh, anybody, anybody, folks, who's responsible for that, who went along with that, if you vote for them in November, you're nuts. Nuts. <clears throat> I wish I could already see the election, but I'm, I'd rather not communicate. Just get out there and vote. Help as many people as you can. That's the best thing that you can do. All right, let's wrap it up on, um, I don't know, some fun notes, uh, if you will. Uh, by the way, families with kids cutting the cord future today survey finds. This is exciting. 90% of parents say they rarely watch linear TV. Good for you. Good for you. Parents are overwhelmingly in the 25 to 44 age range. 85% are more diverse than the general population. Despite cutting the cord, 98% of these families say love watching TV, which makes streaming a necessity for advertisers, says Future Today. So there's the downside. Commercials and streaming programming getting engagement. The survey found parents said that 60% of the kids who see ads talk about the ads afterwards. 52% say the kids ask them to buy the products they see in the ads. So I think my kids have asked me that a couple of times. Uh, uh, that's a industry uh, publication, broadcasting, and cable. And it was in the notes. And uh, Greg Gutfeld crowned king of late night, Breitbart, writing about this. His, his numbers, uh, this is where we are, folks. Gutfeld's Gutfeld has uh, 2.19 million viewers to defeat CBS Late Show, which averaged 2.15 million uh, viewers. So uh, Stephen Colbert uh, was once funny 10 years ago, no longer. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live, uh, Tonight Show with Fallon and Comedy Central's The Daily Show. Even Anderson Cooper fell behind Gutfeld, pulling in a meager 950,000 nightly views. Gutfeld has two and a half times that. Making TV history, Gutfeld tweets. Becomes the first late-night cable host to beat broadcast networks for a full month. And uh, there it is. And uh, Andrew Breitbart apparently talked about this uh, back in the day. So he got to start late-night television 
which regularly featured Breitbart as a guest. And Breitbart's last week in existence, uh, he was broadcasting right here on this radio station, folks, sitting in for the great Dennis Miller, who will never, by the way, do talk radio again. I talked to his good friend, Larry O'Connor. And, and finally, in, in, some, in some very, very sad news, there's the 27 Club. We all know who that is all about. Well, there's a special club for... Um, climate alarmist and uh, carbon abuser uh and <laughs> his heart will go on uh leo dicaprio uh splitting up after four years uh yeah he's uh, with a very uh attractive young lady camila maroney yeah i called it quits after four years according to people uh she just turned you guessed it folks 25 years of age. Uh, the joke is actually funny because it's true. That's what Leo does. Last time DiCaprio and Maroney were photographed together was over the 4th of July weekend. She's 25. He's 47. They were seen walking along the beach with her dogs in Malibu. You didn't see them, right, Dowd? She was spotted. Uh, <clears throat> DiCaprio was spotted comforting Maroney the day after they shared an emotional conversation at a beach in Malibu. According to paparazzi, Death Wish actress was seen making a Crude facial expression while the wolf of Wall Street appeared to listen intently and kept his gaze toward the ground. Oh, the life of the very rich and famous continues. Whether it's J-Lo or all that kind of stuff, those are the types of things that can keep you distracted. So you don't have to pay attention and you can call Donald Trump a racist, and Republicans terrible, and then watch the destruction of your rights, your privileges, and your very country all die because you decided not to make it a priority. I don't know if Dowd and I will be here tomorrow. Uh, we'll make that uh, game time decision uh, tomorrow. If not, it'll be a best of show both tomorrow and Monday. We'll let you know about that. Thanks everybody for tuning in as always right here. The AM 1600 KIV, ABQ.FM, rockoftop.com. See you bright and early. Hopefully soon.